Well, still What's the goalie doing, Tom? What's the goalie doing? Twat! That was liquid football. I start fires. <laughs> Lay on, lay on poles, lay on, lay on poles. Someone broke into my heart and stole a beat or two. The finger of suspicion points at you. Someone took away my sleep and never left a clue The finger of suspicion points at you Just as soon as they can make the guilty one confess I know exactly what I'm gonna do Her charms forever in my arms And who is bound to be the guilty who Welcome to Tez and Eastland, episode 2401 It's me, Gary P, and of course, the prof It's Carol A day late, and possibly also a daughter short mm. Yeah, so, uh, packed show, prof Full of dirty shenanigans What a trip What a trip Sorry to me for rephrasing I think, it's the first, I think it's the first trip that I don't think we talked on it, did we? No, we probably didn't. Briefly, as we passed like ships in the night. Yeah. But it was one of those ones where literally three quarters of people, I don't think we knew. No, it was a different looking bus. So I do have sure. an idea now. We're going forward, but we will uh, we will talk about it in a while. But of course, Ocean Electrical and Leicester Credit, fantastic sponsors, and um, they are constantly looking after us and sponsors for life. So check them out. Go on, do we go on. need to do uh, a small talk intro on AI? Because I feel like all the podcasts are doing, I feel like I've heard five or six podcasts in the last two weeks. That's just what they talk about. Whether it's football or whatever, they just have some little yeah, thing absolutely, yeah. Because it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> the guy who made AI, it reminded me of Terminator. Basically Anthony Hopkins of Westworld. Do you remember, yeah, do you remember Terminator though? Do you remember they came and they told the the computer analyst dude sitting there in front of the big Commodore 64 yeah. and they were like this is what happens this is what this, me- this metallic what, arm means yeah this is what it does and he's like oh god oh god absolutely 100% I do not want anything to do with AI because it will take over and it will crush us <laughs> it's it's too scary it is, it is. Westworld was brilliant by the way the fourth series and then second series is good Second season was the second one where jumped the shark and it was like it was up its own hole. Was that the one where they thought it was smarter than it was? And then the third season was absolute garbage. Aaron Paul was second season, third season, third season, second season was okay. Fourth season, brilliant. Third season didn't even finish it. Absolutely shocking. Such a good show, and they Mm. ruined it. But AI is terrifying. My favorite story, uh, I think, so far from AI is the fact that that dude. Has decided that he wants nothing to do with his own creations anymore. But that he just held his hands up and said, "Look, I actually this has gone too far. Yeah, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah, you created me." My favorite thing so far is uh, they set AI uh, a task, so they gave it like a bunch of tasks and challenges, and said, "Like, see if you can do this." 
Oh, no. But it couldn't beat the, the capture. You know the thing where you yeah. take to the box to prove that you're a oh, human? Really? Sometimes it's a tick of the box. Sometimes it's a how many boats. How many boats? Photograph, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But uh, it couldn't defeat the the capture. Couldn't couldn't take the box. So what the AI did was it went online and put an advert on to hire humans to pay them five dollars to take the box for them. That's even scarier. That's <laughs> even more devious than being able to do it. I'm actually disgusted. I'd rather he was able to solve it. Or this little AI person, or whatever it is, <laughs> I'd rather they were able to solve that than go and hire hired goons to go and do their dirty work for them. Hired goons, <laughs> it's mental. Isn't it? Oh no, no, we're moving on because it's a uh, it's gonna it's gonna take over the world. It's gonna replace our show one day. A T two thousand. All I need to do is listen to about a half an hour of us talking shy about robbers, and then episode two four one next week. There you go. That was fucked up. Because Here's your opinions. Did we talk about the Joe Rogan Trump podcast? No, I was listening to. I think I, I think I skimmed it. I went into the middle of it, and there was maybe four or five minutes where they're talking about Area Fifty One and aliens, and I was thinking, is this? Because I st- I went off Joe Rogan a, a long time ago. I think he's a I think he's a bit of a, a nut now at the minute, and I think some of the stuff he's involved in is just ridiculous. But he um, they're talking about Area Fifty One, classified files, information, genuine sightings, UFOs, and I'm thinking. What is going on? Scroll, scroll into more, read more. This is fake. This is AI. I was like, what <laughs> is going on? How can they manipulate it so well? Scary stuff, That's man. That's nuts. Scary stuff. Yeah, I did hear about that, but I hadn't actually seen the video myself. No, interesting stuff, yeah. Now back to the real world, Prof. Or is it the real world? Is it even Prof and Gary P now? This four minutes and 30 seconds was all AI. It wasn't yep. here, you. We're currently tied up in the lair. <laughs> And the robots have taken over. So this week we have um, reviewed the two wins and two different performances against Sligo and Derry. And we look ahead to another Dublin Derby. And the questions from the East End with Graham Bork and Marcus Poom. Prof. Uh, a very interested Graham Bork. Yeah, I can't imagine he was this interested in school now. <laughs> in, uh, in in Dublin 1. I can't imagine he was that interested. Same with the Jack, isn't he? Just, they just get very competitive to deal with them. Yeah, very much so, yeah. But in memoriam as well, Prof. My dad reaction. Another great reaction. And a brilliant, brilliant uh, in memoriam. Rory Mack, Peter Murphy Sr. was a neighbour of mine in Sandy Mount. Quiz Maestro. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Brian McKenna sent us a pic of him, a few lads, and Richie McGarry from Malloy's after Bray 2010. It's a bit blurry, but Richard is in the middle. Yeah, Dan Fulham was in that photograph too. So Richard McGarry is not, in fact, a creepy character from a children's scary novel. He's a real person. Well, uh, Ray Whelan describes it as uh, Jack and Nori, uh, which is an old reference. It's an old BBC children's show. And I, I looked it up and it's basically like, I'll tell you a story about Jack and Nori. <laughs> it was uh, very, I have to say, crispy and very, very well produced, but terrifying at the same time. He is a radio presenter, which won't come as a shock to people. He mm. has he has the voice for it. Um, I'm nearly sure they record behind my house. Anna Liffey, I think it is, or somewhere, I have a studio behind, literally 30 seconds, I can see it. Mm. And chuck rocks at it, as they say. I'm nearly sure, it's there. I think it's where Joe's used to record as well, the Monday Night Show, or the, the game, was it? Isn't he in East Wall, though? That's where they that's record. Where it is. Cause Cause either way, behind me, there's one there. And they, that's where they, they, uh, they had me and McDowell on to promote the book uh, many years, 10 years ago now. Um, so, Ray Whedon, I also said this, he quite liked James Cook's part because he liked the part where he knew on the second visit to Milltown that he was going to be hooked. So it's for that reason that Ray hates the term blow-in. 
uh, especially when people move to Tala first, such as myself. I'm kind of yeah. a Tala blow on myself. I think, yeah, uh, it's, I, I don't like it now and I don't use it. I wouldn't call anyone a blow in because there could be someone just as enthusiastic as like a guy following 20 years, a guy following two years could have caught the bug, mm. could be, have really, have a lot about him. So I don't like the whole blow in thing, you know. A blow in could go on to become a brilliant fan who contributes a lot to the club. Edits the program and edits the podcast. And I wasn't talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Probably sitting there loving well, it. Well, I'll give you one example though. I remember being out in town. Uh, I think it was a work night. So this would have been like three years ago, and I think I had like a top with a Robert's crest on. And then a fella just we were just ordering a drink, and a fella sees me. I was like, "Oh, Robert's, yeah, they're my team." And he's only early twenties. And uh, I said, "Oh yeah, when did you?" He, then he came obvious that he stopped following. I was like, "Oh, when did you? When did you stop going?" Uh twenty fourteen. Basically, Crotty. Crotty killed Crotty them off. Crotty killed them off. So they're the blow-ins. Who are, the blow-ins are not quite strong enough to resist the Crotty and the Fenlon years. I have a lot of respect for people who resisted those years. Oh, they were tough The Crotty and Fenlon years were just shocking. Yeah, so now we have uh, Simon Madden coming on in the next couple of weeks. And when I, was, when I was thinking about the questions and what to actually ask him, and look at his, his honour roll, you could say, I was looking at it and I was like, I'm actually, there's nothing to talk about. There's <laughs> nothing of note bar European trips and a couple of good performances himself and maybe a player of the year award other than that I was like I'm going to have to think of some funny stories here his timeline was similar to Baz except Baz did start in the relegation year and then he won the first division with us but Baz both Baz and Simon Madden left after 2009 mm. so they missed the back to back titles then they come back during Crawley and then they leave early on in Brazzers' reign so there's no there's no wins there Aside from the the minor treble under Crawley, but that was about it. Jules. Um, also, just and Ray Wheelan again, Ray Wheelan Sr. has a scoop for us. Rovers versus Bowes in the walking football. It's not going to be walking football. <laughs> Could that get tasty? <laughs> chair throwing football? Uh, I, oh, There's not at least one garden chair throwing. I had a dream. And it was, wasn't one of these mad dreams, but Ray Wheelan was in it. So I had a f- now. This is this is genius. Now it could have been me manifesting what I really want. <laughs> no catering up in the Brandywell, right? So obviously full of points. And came home, woke up, and I had a dream that we all pre-ordered curries, and Ray dished them out in the stand. Oh yes, at away days. Think about it. It's, a, it's genius. You just see Ray sitting at home like, no, bing, not, not happening. Bing, 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 bing. Or, no, not happening. But think about it. Like, if, let's say he did up another, like, we could all just say, okay, like, Ray could say, Ray, who wants a curry? Eight euro, three euro charge. Put in your order. Put in your order. Three euro extra because it's an away day. Set up a little app, Ray, right? So anyone with an away ticket, put in a little code or something. Order your curry. It's right there waiting for you. Yeah, and you have to prepay. So you don't turn up. I'm going to eat it. Oh, yeah. Prop's going to eat it. In that case, I'm probably going to eat about three curries. Think about it, man. Ray, you can thank me later. And the fans can. So, uh, Joe's super opening team to the pod this week, Prof. That was, uh, uh, what was it, coming to America, Neil Diamond. Funny, sorry about that. Funnily enough, uh, the one person who I didn't expect to ask about that was Maloney. He was like, what's the story with the song? I was like, coming to America? I don't think Maloney had eaten his weed. I don't think he had, no. I think he was on calls that day. 
But do you remember uh, my ma passed two years ago, and do you remember my eulogy? I was speaking about her playing the keyboard in this room that we're in now. Yeah, so yeah. the keyboard used to be in the room, and there'd be two songs that I stand out in my mind, and that's "Dancing on a Saturday Night." She constantly played that in the keyboard, but also "Coming to America" by Neil Diamond. So I have that that like that line, "Coming to America," just that melody, like it's ingrained in my head from hearing it so often, but. Somehow, I have never actually listened to that song until I put it in the intro to that podcast. So it's always been in the background noise or in your room. So you'd probably walk by, you'd probably walk by the lair and you'd hear it and then that'd be it. You wouldn't hear the whole song. I've never put it on YouTube. I've never heard it on the radio. I've never walked in on TV and Neil Diamond was on. I've never listened to that song in full. And there you have, bro. Until last week. (laughs) I put it in the podcast. Um, yeah, so officially offered Jack Bourne a new deal. Uh, this is going on a week now, so I'm not even thinking about it. So, is this something that the club would announce because they don't announce deals? Could Jack be on a three-year deal now? We don't even know. They don't announce when we get these multi-year deals. They never no, do. They don't announce it, but this one—it's a big one, isn't it? It's a big decision by Jack, isn't it? Yeah, and I have to say, he's been the consummate professional. He's been brilliant. I can't wait to talk about this dirty game and uh, just in general. I can't believe some people are questioning his attitude. Like the words down tools was used and all this. He's been unbelievable. <sighs> he's, oh, he's so good. It's We'll talk about him in a while. Uh, the new CEO of the club will be expert John Martin and Dennis Donahue are stepping down in June. Uh, I want to say a big, big thank you to Dennis Donahue, who has been brilliant with the podcast. Um, a great, great hoop. Top, top fella. Consummate professional and... Um, absolutely top bloke he's been brilliant with us we've been back and forth as a collective podcast and just chatting about how we can get the club to go forward and and just helping out each other as much as possible so um we hope to continue on that relationship with with the new ceo uh brilliant from dennis and he was ever so helpful with us he really was and we want to just say a big thanks to him yeah he's always been brilliant to us and uh I just love seeing him around at the games. Like it's always great to chat to, which I'm sure it won't change, even though he's stepping down. So yeah, um, yeah now best luck to Dennis and thanks for everything. And a uh, big welcome to John. So John, um, interesting to see how the the perspective I'm interested in is his football background and how he can bring that into the CEO role. Considering mm. Dennis wasn't a pro. I think he might have played for Bushy Park Swans. <laughs> remember Swan was United? That, remember, was, that, was that my team? Remember Swan United? Swan United. Um, so, be interesting to see an ex-footballer and see how he gets on in the role. So, I don't think John did anything memorable, did he? I think it was in 2007, 2008. But they weren't memorable seasons. But, uh, yeah, that's when he played for Roberts. Yep. Town Hall meeting postponed this week as well. Some uh, rumblings about this one, Prof. Um, not sure what to think of it. Um, for I think they're gonna. You have to. You have to go and register for smaller meetings now as well. Four different meetings. Yeah. And like I said, I did. I don't know. I don't know what the thing is. To be honest, I think I'll hold me powder on this one. <laughs> I go wait for the big AGM. Now we'll see what happens anyway. But um, you have to register your interest to go to these, and there's a lot of smaller meetings as well. So they're all on. Are they all Wednesdays or Thursdays? We'll to, the emails have gone out anyway yeah. so they're all on the same day of the week anyway over the course of like four or five weeks the North Stand Prof is to be complete in June of course it came in July so I think the North Stand is going to be complete before the bar 
but uh, the main stand construction has taken longer than uh, anticipated so like we said no bar until August but I think what that was disappointing to... now when I read that August because yeah, yeah. initially they had said we're just going to have this temporary Maldred thing for March maybe April and now we're talking about August so it's been very slow yeah, unfortunately but listen it'll be, um, we're not giving out too much man it's look what we have mm. great stadium North Stand is getting there the big thing now is Operation Fill the North Stand there's plenty of mm. little new estates that are all on around we have a new bus going from Lucan to Tallaght in June plenty of little estates on there so there's a lot of work to do Um when was this first st- this stand actually mooted? It must have been a long time ago. I, re- I remember the conversations, particularly from opposition fans, and some of our own too. Like, what's the point of the stand? We can't, we're not going to fill it. The best we can do is 5,000. They said that about every other stand. And we are they? sitting here, and we are we are talking about filling 10,000. Put it this way, Prof, right? I think Mooner takes me the other night. Mr. Oweda is Mooner of the Pride of Rings End, and he said... We are just chatting. And I said to him, this is mental. This is mental what's going on. I'm sitting here now, sold out Tala, 8,000, and there's people bouncing our Instagram out of it looking for any tickets. No matter what. Sort, now, main, south, east, they they just don't care. I did, I, you I, never could, could have envisaged I didn't think it. this day would come, especially all around the league. Because you get your usual, the derbies are big crowds. The first few weeks of the seasons are big crowds, the title deciders, the European matches. But now it's just like every week, like Galway are getting big crowds. Yeah, it's deadly. It's like, it's just, I think people are realising what football is. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing and they finally are giving it a chance. But the big thing is now to fill that North Stand. There has to be a strategy. There has to be some sort of collective put together and to just really really push this on because there's there's a hundred percent a market there to fill this north stand absolutely in the outer areas in the around Tallaght stadium so um i'm looking forward to seeing what comes comes from it anyway but prof you were a busy man this week updated your blog of books for the first time in three years and then appeared on a different podcast by himself for the first time in five years so we've been to council and i've taken him back <laughs> Infidelity is a course and a weakness, but I've taken him back. He's cheating on me. I did the dort. I did the dort. <laughs> dort. Yeah. Uh, tell us about it, Prof. What were you chatting about? What were you doing the dorty on me with? Or who? Uh, that was uh, Forgotten Clubs. If you search that on Spotify, uh, I've, I've retweeted They also have a Twitter page, don't they? I'm not sure. They do, yeah. yeah. We, we retweeted at the time last Sunday on our account, if you, in case you missed it, called Forgotten Clubs. So the theme of the show was actually Thurless Town, but we were covering all 42 ex-League Boring clubs. But it was only an hour and 15 minutes, so obviously it wasn't time to talk about all of them. Um, so I kind of picked out my my highlights, I suppose. So I kind of talked about Drum Condra and Cork Hibbs and Cork Celtic. I actually went in with the intention not to talk about robbers too much and that just went out the window yeah, after a while <laughs> so um, if you're thinking you won't listen to this because it's about all other clubs I actually I shoehorn robbers into practically everything so you will you will enjoy it as a robbers fan so, uh, so I got some nice stories in um, I was asked a couple of mad questions which I had to avoid <laughs> I didn't I'm actually more interested in how you skirted them more than anything I literally asked the other person to, uh, <laughs> I was like yeah you have that little elbow yeah um, I'm actually writing about 
Robert's links with Kildare in an upcoming article. So I'll be writing a bit about Kildare County. Because uh, remember we played them in 2006 First Division. Uh, so people remember going down to Station Road. But um, yeah, so I'm going to be writing about the Kildare links. And you know, there's no League of Ireland club in Kildare anymore. Just talk about Newbridge come back and all that. So uh, that might be an interesting one to check out. And on that note, uh, we got a message from Paul McDonald. Uh, he was hoping we could give his son a shout out because he plays for the under 14s Rathangan FC in Kildare after their fine County Umbro Cup win on Saturday. Uh, they tonked nice 7-0 the Rathangan. in the final at Club Kildare Academy and his son Ryan scored a cracker and Ryan is a huge Robbers fan. Paul's the coach. So he wants that shout out. Come on Ryan. Keep up the good work and keep banging them in. Um, Jaden's team actually uh, they're Bluebell and they played the Orchard actually they're in a bit of a battle in a bit of a relegation battle there's like five of them involved in it Jaden actually notched his 20th goal of the season just there against the Orchard and the dynamic back and forth between father and son and how I'm trying not to cross boundaries as regards to coaching him because I, I feel like his, his coaches are very very good and I don't want to coach but Prof can't help you though. I got sent off. <laughs> Me and two others. Is this your first red card? This is my first red card in junior yeah. football. Are you suspended for the next game now? That's what I said I was appealing. <laughs> but it wasn't even that, right? They were they were winning 1-0 away to Moctis, right? Great game, relegation battle. And they ended up winning, but Jaden likes a shot. He reminds me of Borky at times, where Borky be 40 yards out, be a ball in there, all you have to do is square at me, and he shoots. Right, so he did something similar. And I just put my hand behind my hands and goes, fuck it out. And the ref goes, get out of here. <laughs> I was like, what? I said, I'm talking to like the other dad beside me. The two of us were getting going, oh, fuck, you should have passed it. He goes, yeah, get out of here. And we had to do the walk of shame. <laughs> and it was harsh. It was a harsh ref because I was just like, oh, man, you should be passing them, you know. But, um, yeah, so. Like Jaden just has his head in his hand. Duh, he <laughs> yeah. me. No, but um, he's he's been having a good season. He's got, I think, 20. He scored his 24th actually against Cherry Orchard. So he's doing really well. He's enjoying it. But it was all. He had a little tantrum against Moctis. And I had to have the chat with him about teamwork, about playing for the team and stuff like that. And then he went in. They had a, He had a great game the next one. He showed a lot of promise. So. I'm working on it. He's my own little project at the minute, but yeah, getting sent off wasn't wasn't there. Uh, so Brazzer has had his projects with uh, Berkey and, and Jack and Pigo. James boy, this is your project. Yeah, I just have to stay on the pitch next time. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to a friend of the show, Matty O'Dowd, on getting married. So big, big shout out to Matty and uh, a Rovers soiree, prof heaps of Rovers. At the at the do and congratulations to Matty once again. Knocked off some numbers in Derry, didn't it? Yeah, uh, I know he said that. I said if yeah. did, man, there was a gang in him. So no, big congrats to Matty. Yeah, uh, looked like a fantastic day gone by the pictures. Anyway. One of the good hoops, the Spanish macker as well. Spanish macker, um, another good hoop. Bolton Bo- Bo- Kilkenny, as far as I know, prof. So uh, congrats mm-hmm. to the to the new uh, the new couples. We had this from Staff, Kieran Stafford. He said, just when you think we might be turning a genuine corner and the league is booming, they put more into a campaign about flares than any advertisement in over a decade. Yeah, that was an odd one. Now, considering it's... I think it's a preemptive strike. They don't really want to let it become a major, major issue and get out of hand. 
so they're they're preempting it and they're they're trying to nip it in the bud but there's a lot more things we could probably put a lot more effort into than pyro on that note did you, when did you know or find out that the dairy game was an RTE do you know when I found out? Uh, I'll tell you when. The full time whistle. That's when I found out. Yeah, I found out on outside the probs drinking points. <laughs> yeah, outside the probs drinking points. I realised it was on. I think Mitzi might have said it to me. He's like, it's on telly anyway. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm nearly sure. Now, or either that or I forgot. But now, I'd- in hindsight, there were clues. Like people were talking about, oh, Carly has tipped us and all. But I just thought, I don't know. I thought they meant Twitter. It made no, honestly, genuinely, and I didn't even factor that into the fact that we might have less people at it. The weddings were the reason I was saying. Yeah. Telly, actually, no, I didn't. I didn't even factor that in. Telly's weren't even factored in. Yeah. Shows you, doesn't it? But yeah, no, crazy stuff. So, probably got to talk about Sligo. Beating them 2 1 in Talent on Friday. Uh, absolutely wrote off, ugly win. Dude. I like these ones. We were due one because we've been conceding them. Sometimes we, we can't pu- pull these ugly ones over the, over the line. I like a few ugly wins. <clears throat> you, need, you need three or four of these. Yeah, yeah. A disgusting win. So, team. Same 11 as Pats and Inchicar. Finner picked up in a knock and we were down. Six bodies in total. So, Finner, Watts, Power, Board, Gannon, Kavanagh and Raj Razi made the bench. So, the build-up prof. Yeah, the build-up. The program setters. Don't know if you noticed this. They had some lovely new jackets. I saw it. Everyone had lovely new jackets. Um... Media officers, the togs. Everyone except me, actually. Mine hasn't arrived for some reason. I think because I asked for a large. I doubt it, Prof. I think you're. I'll, I'll talk to mascot. Actually, we're gonna have mascot on the show soon. I think they're. I've organised something with one of their main guys, but just want to delve into them and see what the story is and try to get a few free jackets. So <laughs> well, um, obviously, yeah. But um, yeah, they. So the program setters. It said program setters on the jacket but program was spelled p-r-o-g-r-a-m Pro- philly told me something about this philly said you weren't having any of it this what's with the americanized stuff now don't no. like this get me two m's uh he had a club media i think media officer or media something media team mm-hmm. on philly's one and as i was buying the program I met jim conroy who gary he refuses to believe that i was in the patriots that time before the past match so jim if you're listening Oi. Gary, can you confirm this? Oh, he was in the other room. I was in the Patriots. Yeah, I did see Jim in the other room and we spoke briefly. I was briefly. sitting in the corner with you the yeah. whole time. Jim said, Jim said he walked around the pub a few times looking for me. No, swamping the points we were. Yeah, 100% prof was there. Um, yeah, so the build of prof was, um, I think we had overall maybe nearly 7,000 at it. And uh, what was your thoughts going into the game? Were you confident? I was confident, but I knew... Sligo had a couple of handy players that I've been watching. I think, like I said, Hartman, who didn't even start. Um, Darlow, Fitzgerald, Mata. How much of a unit is Max Mata? How much of a footballer does he look like? Like, he's big. He looks like a footballer. He's very good, yeah. He's, he, he's a good player, but is he one of those players that we'd sign <laughs> that just wouldn't do it for us? Is he? He's gonna be one of these foreign players who just sets the league alight for one season, then he's gone. Is he good enough to? Is he a good enough footballer to get into the Rovers team? That's what I was thinking. He can be a great goal scorer, but is he a good enough footballer to get in? Can he do all the work that we need him to do? Hard work off the ball, run. Can he do the Rory Gaffney, can Aaron do Green the Rory role? Gaffney? Not many people can do those roles. So. Yeah. Yeah, we did an ultra tribute to Sean and Sean Bourne, former. Um, 
patron on the Tifties bus. So it was a lovely tribute to Sean who passed away tragically. In the twentieth minute, I yeah. think was it? Yeah, it was a tribute to Sean, which was so. uh, really good from the ultras. Um, in terms of the away crowd, Sligo was a very poor crowd. Shocking, I'd say one hundred and fifty max. That's what I'm thinking. On a Friday as well, so mm. they're not known to travel well. In fairness, especially when you remember Cork on the Monday, that was a brilliant crowd. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, really well. So it's it's uh, you wouldn't know. You really wouldn't know, would you? Some clubs just don't travel well. We have new stadium tunnel signage. Which looks nifty. Yeah, is this always green? Have um, you been in the with the green light? I've been the inside the tunnel, but not with the green light. I'd no. say that would drive you mental. <laughs> I'd say that's the type of thing that would drive you mad doing an interview on it. You think it's gonna give me epilepsy? I think it's just gonna fucking drive you mad. <laughs> I think you'd be there going, turn on, turn on the light. No, I'm not in there doing interviews. Actually, I've done the last few outside on the pitch when you put there. The opening stages of the game, Gar. We we did, took a long time to even settle into this game, really. Yeah, it wasn't nothing was really happen, happening for us. I felt that we were exposed in the middle. I thought that they were giving us quite a lot of trouble. I thought Morahan in the middle was uh, was a scrappy little like he was really getting stuck in and winning everything, and he was he was doing all their dirty work, and he was it felt like Poom and Gary O'Neill weren't a good match. Um, that kind of went on throughout the game. Um, was your lookalike playing? Uh, what's his name? Levac. <laughs> Levac. Yeah, he was number ten. I think he was. He wasn't bad actually. But um, we had a ball in the middle of the park, and Poom picks it up, left foot. Good ball by Poom. Out of nowhere, yeah. over the top, over the top, puts Kenny in, and Kenny absolutely buries it. Unbelievable finish. I've watched, Super finish. Watched his back a few this times. This was an R one circle finish in FIFA. <laughs> Top corner, whole circle for a little bit longer. He takes this goal really, really well. It's a super finish. Um, I think someone said fourth goal and six starts, which well. is. I mean, we can't keep coming with the narrative of oh he needs a goal to give his confidence a boost. He's scoring goals here. Um, but yeah, like that's the ball that I think we were trying that in preseason, weren't we? That ball for Kenny to run onto which probably suits his game doesn't it more so than ask him to hold up the ball yeah that's the point we made last week as well yep and we'll talk about Greener obviously later on who was uh, an expert at that but uh, yeah really good goal and we're still only kind of finding our rhythm at this stage in the game but they're targeting their left side they're targeting Trevor Clark and in the stands you're kind of you're getting frustrated with this because they're it's working what they're doing and they're getting a bit of joy from it. Trevor seems to be the new target that Luke Bourne used to be when he <laughs> played left full. Do you know that? Time? Do you remember that the teams used to always come and have a target? Yeah. And Luke Bourne was always target against. Was it Ethan Bourne. Boyle as well? Was Ethan he Boyle. My God. Yeah. So, um, prop the first half, we were, we were we were too open at times. Yeah. And they made a few chances. Probably the most notable one was Max Mata. It was about I don't know, five, six minutes before the break. And he shot wide. It was only a whisker wide of Al's post. Yeah. So they had a few chances. But at halftime, and I just thought to myself, right, we need to get better. It needs to be a lot a lot better. Um, came out for the second half. And well, we just saw, we just, Richie Tell came on at halftime. Richie Tell for the energy. A, lot, a word that's associated with Richie Tell quite a lot is energy. I think mm. it probably is a bit misleading because he's... He, that's not all he is, you know. He doesn't come on and just bundle himself about at times. But um, I thought I thought Richie's 
career slowly turning into the way I want it and the way I anticipated initially. I'm delighted now that Rishi's is hitting the farm. He nearly made an instant impact here, actually, only like a couple of minutes into the half. Uh, I think it was it a set piece or a corner, and he nearly volleyed a goal in. Uh, just went over. Yep. So the second goal, Gary. second goal, Trevor Clark, sixty-four minutes. Um, I don't think there's anyone I've ever seen live that can weight a ball like like Jack Bourne can. The weight of his passes are absolutely exquisite. Her brother is starting like all like all my family watch it. Her brothers are starting to watch it when they don't go, which is isn't that often. But they're watching it on LOI TV, and her brother was texting me. And he was like, "This fella Jack is disgusting." He says he his but the weight of his passes are absolutely outreal, are unreal. He said they they're too good. They're just pinpoint. They're pinpoint every time, and he it's like he knows the he takes the attacking players' attributes into consideration as well. He's like, "Right, Trev, I know I can overhit this slightly, but it's still the right weight because Trevor's fast." And then Trevor runs onto this, and what a like when I, when he was running with it, I was thinking to myself, pass, 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 buried, absolutely beautiful finish, left foot into the other corner, absolute cracker of a finish, man. Really, really happy for him, and that's two and two. And at the start of the season, he missed maybe four good chances, one on one. I know in I a couple of games, way in his mind because I felt like he missed a lot of chances. The one against Sligo on the start of the season as well. That was a really poor one, one on one as well. So this is. I think it was weighing on his mind two but. absolutely brilliant finishes the same two goal scorers as last week same in each half as well uh, Kenny then Clark yep. so it was deja vu but um, yeah no Jack's passes it's just remember we used to do that in the south stand we just, we just go ah oh, oh, super but now it's like he does it so often and I was just thinking of something recently what if you're first of all, if you're a manager of an opposition club and you're playing Rowers, like what's your plan to deal with Jack? And if you're a fan of an opposition club and you're playing us, you're like, I we I just know that Jack is gonna have the ball, uh, he's gonna hurt us, and we can't really do it in the build. I think what I do is I double up and burst them <laughs> at the same time. Two players tackle at the same time. It must be a nightmare though. Oh, an absolute... How do you stop him? You don't. You, you can't. Um, yeah, three minutes later, the problem, unfortunately, we had a, a goal conceded. Jammy goal. Greg Bulger gets a little flick off a leg. I think it was Pico yeah. en route and then it goes into the bottom corner and then I thought... Right, wrong, for the, wrong for the big Al, yeah. Here we um, go. So Here's the nerves. So our two-goal cushion didn't last long. Only lasted five minutes and yeah, this led to a very nervy ending. Yeah. Um, Sligo... They didn't have, didn't have too many clear cut chances from open play. It was actually set. It was two a couple of corners. There was one like about on about ninety minutes mm. that was headed over. Then it was might have been Mata again, was it? And it was just over. Yep. And that was. Whew. So overall, was take, the take or what, what? What are we looking at? We were going five point five k, but I'm nearly sure we didn't have a better possession. Than them, I think there was fifty-one forty-nine in their favor. Yeah, Possibly. there was a stat about this. You asked me. Uh, you said we had forty-nine percent possession, and you wanted to know about wins where we had less possession Ooh, than the you other went, side. You delved. No, I didn't delve. Actually, McDerry replied to us, and he knew the answer. And that was Derry when we beat them at home in October. 
Derry had 52% possession that night. No way. Yeah. Ah, good stuff. Nice one, Mac Derry. So we should we definitely give a shout out, Carrot, <laughs> the Jack Byrne tackle in the second half. Do you remember this when he won the ball? Uh, I think it was like on the edge of our box when they were getting in on goal. It was a quality tackle. It's one of those where it's like you see him with grace or something. And you're like, it's Jack. And I just looked, I'm like, is that Jack? Yeah. Like, that was brilliant. It's a. Uh, like, can you think of a better purple patch for Jack? The summer of 2019, that's, that was the best form of his career, I suppose. Yeah. That's when he got this, what was it, seven assists in Europe. He was unplayable then. Yeah, was that the, the pirouette and finish against Brana home as well? Yeah, it's he, he's been so good, and we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to jinx it. But listen, you have to call a spade a spade, unfortunately. But final notes on the overall game, prop. Well, um, what was noticeable was the fans didn't sing "We'll Never Die" until the end of the match. That's how nervous and yeah. on eggshells we all were. Yeah. It was like, let's wait until we get the win here. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and it was a hard-fought win. It really was. Uh, Sligo made us work for this but uh, a win is a win as they say absolutely prof um, yeah so it was concerning a lot of things concerning about the game like how, how much space Sligo had in midfield midfield seemed to be non-existent until yeah. Tell came on who made a big difference yeah it goes back to the whole argument about Poom and Gary O'Neill and who decides to do what I think Poom might be slightly lacking maybe lacking is the, is the wrong word but a bit naive defensively and we get our left open at times and maybe Trev's involved in that as well because Trev gets gets the bomb on and sometimes I thought he looked actually a little bit unfit in, against against Sligo maybe 15 minutes in looked like he was blowing out of his arse so I think he's looked unfit in quite a few games yeah. but he can give you that burst of pace and he can give you these goals that he's he's got, gotten us to so far big Absolutely, goals yeah. his, his um, pace his straight pace is ridiculous yeah um, there was another great moment actually where he he won the ball but I actually forget if this was Sligo or Derry where he lost the ball in the opposition half and he just used his pace to get all the way back to the edge of his own box and he won it back I was just like that was deadly um, we have to obviously mention Aaron Green Aaron Green came on and he made a big difference in this he held the ball up first he was using his first thing he did was run into Morin, who was getting the better of the midfield, and um, it was one of those things where Morin didn't know he was coming, and he gave him a little, you know, a little <laughs> in the back. As Let him say, know you're there. Hey, I'm here, pal. Yeah, it was deadly. I was like, right, um, Greener is back. Just a little reminder as well that Greener is a part of Brazzers plans, and he can be a useful, impactful sub. Absolutely, especially yeah. at times like this when we need to. We weren't holding on to the ball. It was just, we would put it forward and it would come back to Sligo and we'd have to soak up more pressure. But when Greener came on, we started to stick more. And that made a big difference. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Kenny didn't celebrate against his old club when he scored. And I actually missed this, but you said that the Sligo fans clapped him off. Yeah, I noticed it when he was going off. I was like, oh, is that serious? But yeah, they did. They clapped him off. Uh, Pigo, I thought, was excellent this match. I thought him... I mean, Jack Byrne is man the match every week now. So it's more like who is the second best man the match. Yeah, who's the assist? Who's the pass <laughs> before the assist? Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than Jack, I'd say Pigo. Um, one criticism of Greener, though, uh, there was a moment where if he had just squared the ball to Berkey, it was 3-1 game over. 
and I was pulling me a hero. There was one run he made as well where he was Jack was true. I think I think it, I think it might have been the tackle you were on about. But do you know what I've noticed with Jack? Jack did this thing in possibly the 60th or maybe early 70th minute where one move of his body and whatever way he manoeuvred opened up the ball and took out two or three of the midfield in Sligo and he was gone. <laughs> and Greener made a run too far wide and then he was offside and then he had to come back and then he played the pass anyway and it kind of broke down. But yeah, that little manoeuvre that Jack did Slight little twist of the hips and a little dip of the shoulder, and he's in, and he's taken out a couple of players. It's fabulous to watch. It's fucking brilliant. But um, the media prof Bradza said we showed resilience and character. Another side to our game, which we certainly did. A bit of grit, bit of grit, prof. Absolutely, bit of grit, bit of character. Yeah. Um, I randomly came across this tweet, from Dave Donnelly on Twitter, because. Obviously, unless you watch the game back in full, you wouldn't hear these little things because the highlights go up and it's mostly just the goals and a few missed chances. Uh, somebody was was uh, made a foul on Lee Grace and he just goes, he just drags Grace out of the gaff. <laughs> he just dragged Grace out of the gaff. <clears throat> uh, I interviewed Big Al afterwards, uh, which was made for a change. Uh, I think I typically only interview Al maybe once a season. I think... At the end of the last few seasons, I've interviewed him because normally I haven't talked Who to him. Who chooses you at that stage? Uh, this time it was Mark. Um, sometimes, depend on who does well in the game, or if we've done somebody recently, we don't want to repeat that person. So we kind of decide near enough the end of the match. But we went for Al this time, and I obviously asked him about the clean sheets. And John Cregan, uh, who people will know around the club. Uh, you, you'll see him when the players are, are warming up before the match and they'll all throw the tracksuits on him and he scoops them all yeah 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 it's, uh, it's Brazzer's uh, stepdad is it yeah yeah so he, John has had his first big interview there John is being interviewed in Hoopsin this week all good stuff a two page spread by Robert Goggins on John and Garrett this was all anyone was talking about after, really? after the match no nobody had seen the interview yet. All right. Robert was there in the corner doing it and it went on for a while they are all thinking oh this, this is a long one and <laughs> I just I'm just hearing from like Glenn and, and Mal Slattery and all they've just been giving him grief all week apparently he's getting a 50 euro fine because he didn't give Bradzer a heads up oh. that he's doing it Cronin does not <laughs> take prisoners with them fines man yeah that's all they were literally said that about 50 times on the night and they're all winding them up all week saying now make sure you don't talk about Bradzer make sure you don't talk about Glenn or Macker or Training or Rosestone he's like well, <laughs> or Training like, what can I talk about like, what can I talk about <laughs> but yeah check down who's saying uh, should be a cracker and uh, Mal Mal kind of put his foot in it because he was like saying like why am I being interviewed like the most decorated kit man in Ireland 14 years in the game the most decorated <laughs> kit man in Ireland and I was saying there were medals on the table the kit man <laughs> and then I said to him well Mal we actually did interview you on, on Tifties he actually forgot uh, he forgot <laughs> he forgot, he he forgot about Tifties well when I reminded him he was like oh yeah no I do remember that but yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the Senator Mick McCarthy is on the mend after an operation and the win put a smile on his face. So good to see the Senator back. Yeah. And he won't be back. He won't be uh, off his feet for long, I'd imagine. 
the hoops will have them up and about. Absolutely brilliant news to hear the Sander is on the mend. Uh, I hear Claire Byrne was checking in on him. I haven't heard the gaff. Maybe Twink. Usually him and the gaff do have a bit of crack back and forth about this. I haven't heard the gaff make any wise cracks yet. No, you think maybe the gaff will come in, uh, do a bit of tap dance and kind of get, <laughs> yeah, get, yeah, get yeah. the revenge, that famous story. Uh, yeah, so pop the quiz. We have Marcus Boom and Borky. So we're back at Rosson for day seven of questions from the East End. We're nearing the end of the qualifying round. Defending champion Pico Lopez still has the highest score with seven points out of ten. Uh, today we have Graham Burke and Marcus Poom attempting to beat, uh, beat that. So lads, you'll receive the same ten questions and there'll be a 20 second time limit. Write down your answers. When the timer goes off, please put down your pens, turn around your sheet of paper and show me what you've written. Uh, five football questions, five general knowledge. So you're not in direct competition, it's more you're trying to finish in the top 16 out of all the squad members to try and reach the first round proper. So are you ready to play? Yep, yep. Question one. How many senior internationals are there in the in the robber squad right now? How many full senior internationals? You have your answer there, so go Marks first. I'd say two. Two? Jesus. Graham? I think it's five. Five is correct. Yeah, do you want to call the names, Graham? Me, Jack, Marcus, Alan, and Pico. That's it, that's the five, yeah. <laughs> yeah, three. You're going up right this moment. Yeah, right <laughs> this moment, <laughs> I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. where I was scrambling, I didn't know whether to write. Because I was like, there's probably the only one would be Owen Pago. Yeah, I know there's a lot of these that made the debut, haven't you? So yeah. all of them five have made a deb- debut at least? All of them have captured. Okay, yeah. okay. that's where I messed up there. Uh, question two. Who was the only one of these goalkeepers to score an international goal? Mart Poon, your dad, Peter Schmeichel, or former Robbers goalkeeper Tomar Henschinski? So one of these goalkeepers scored a goal for his country. Can't be Marcus's dad because he he should know. <laughs> Mars Poom, Peter Schmeichel, Tomer Hinchinski, who played for Canada. Which one of these scored a goal for his country? Maybe because it's Rose. Couldn't say put Tomer in there, but just no really. Mm. I don't know how to spell his name, so... Chichinsky, but you know what I mean. Peter Schmeichel. What have you got, Marcus? I went for the Rovers goalkeeper as well, because I think... I know my dad, he only scored at club level. Uh, Peter Schmeichel, I know he scored a couple during his career, but I don't think he scored one internationally. I like like your logic. What's your logic, Graham? I'm just because Tomer is in there. Don't know where you would put Tomer in there, so it has to make sense. That's that's all I'm going for. You I know Marcus would know if his dad yeah. scored an international. You say Tomer and you say Schmeichel. I think no, Schmeichel. I said Tomer as well. Oh, you said Tomer. Uh, I no. Think Schmeichel. Is Schmeichel? The, the answer is Schmeichel. Really? Yeah. Schmeichel. So Schmeichel got 11 goals in his career yeah. and one of those for Denmark. Okay. 
Uh, your dad scored once for uh, was it Sunderland? Sunderland against Derby's former team, yeah. Against Derby, not for his country though. And Tomer only had one cap and never scored. Uh, never scored a goal. Did cause a great many though. Number three, uh, who were the last Spanish team to reach a Champions League final and lose? The last Spanish team to reach a Champions League final and lose the final. Who were they? Not Real Madrid. They won most in there. Barcelona. I think I know. Marcus sounds confident. I don't know that, but I just got to go with it. Yeah, I guess it. Um, not Real Madrid. Actually, no. They actually lost two for me, didn't they? So what do you say, Marcus? Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Graham? Yeah, Atletico Madrid. Madrid, yeah. You're both, Madrid, you're both correct. Uh, can you give yourselves a little points as you go down there? So, you have two now, Graham. Just give yourself... There's two points. So I just got one here. Yeah, one give here. yourself a one and a one there. And can you yeah, mark I'll, yourself I'll, down I'll there as well? One point. one point out of three then. So. Yeah, you've got one. Question four. Which English club were relegated to non-league football this, this past weekend for the first time in 102 years. To non-league football? They've been in the football league for 102 years and this past weekend they've just been relegated. Just been relegated? Yeah. So which team was it? Did the next Robbers player play? in League 1 or League 2 but I heard it the other day that they were struggling don't have to have bottom of the league I think I'm just going to go away my spelling's all over the place <laughs> so what do you have Marcus? yeah I don't have an answer for that no answer, I think I'm going Rochdale Rochdale's correct yeah. Yeah. so you had Bazoon in mind there give yourself a point I've seen that on the EFL the other day yeah. you know when it goes through the goals yeah. Showing just the goals of saying Rochdale or they need to. I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, I, I yeah. haven't heard of that. So your last football question. Which television pundit flew home from the World Cup in Qatar because his colleagues were, quote, getting on my nerves? So which pundit flew home from the World Cup in Qatar? Because his colleagues were getting on my nerves. Just say he's a television pundit. Could be Irish, could be English TV. These things were getting on his nerves. I'm trying to think who it was in there. I don't know. I'm going for a guess. So. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, what do you have, Marks? Roy Key. Roy Key. What are you going to say? Well, you haven't no, written down, so I would, I would accept at this point. That's uh, a point for Marcus. Really? Yeah, yeah, Roy Keane is correct. <laughs> uh, okay, general knowledge. Question six. What is the largest ocean in the world? The largest ocean in the world. Is the Red Sea the ocean? No. Is it? Huh? You stop looking for hints. I don't know. I don't know. Is it? 
Atlantic, Pacific, I'm just going to go Pacific. Okay, what do we got? I went for Pacific Ocean. Pacific is Pacific, yeah, Pacific is correct. Give yourself a point. <coughs> Question seven. Which member of the Beatles married Yoko Ono? Which member of the Beatles got married yeah, to really know. Yoko Ono? John Lennon and McCartney. John McCartney. <laughs> it's got to be one of those. John Lennon. <laughs> Paul McCartney is the only one that's still alive, is he? Mm. Is he the only one? Is he? Could be more than one. John Legend's dead, isn't he? It doesn't matter if they're dead or alive, though. It's just who, who married Jock Ono. So what are we going for, Marcus? John Lennon. John Lennon. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. John Lennon is correct. Point for Marcus. I, I, I don't think I've spelled any of these right. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't worry about the spelling. Well, this is a spelling round. Uh, question eight. What was the name of the first James Bond movie in which Daniel Craig appeared? Daniel Craig, that's the one that plays I think I just, it. I think at I this just moment, uh, did it? He just he just ended it, didn't he? He did a lot his last job. No, he's on about the fourth one. The first one? Yeah. So I, think, I think I know this. I think I just heard it last week. So, so what, was, was, so what was Daniel Craig's first Bond film? Uh, don't know, um, it's obviously not Skyfall. Um, I'm going to guess here. Um, Another day. Don't even know if that's a movie. <laughs> I think that might be Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Marcus? Casino Royale? Casino Royale, and you're saying? No. Uh, Casino Royale is correct. Yes. Give yourself a point. She's struggling. <laughs> Four in a row for me, that. <laughs> so I <level>. Do <laughs> Doing well, Marcus. Question nine. What is the main ingredient in a box tea? A what? A box tea. B-O-X-T-Y. The main ingredient in a box tea. I think I know. I have no clue what that is. <laughs> box tea. That's something that was made around like years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> Cheap. Sort um, of thing. I think I know. I don't know, but I think I know. I'm going for a wild guess. I think. I think. Okay, what do you got, Marcus? Irish staple, is it? Sausage. Sausage. Spud, <laughs> isn't it? Potato. It's potatoes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of my Irish challenge to you there, Marcus. Uh, okay, last question. I only seen that on, on the Ireland AM. I think so it was the six yeah. o'clock uh, on Virgin Media. What's that? I do have that around when I meet dinner. Show you when one was made in Boxty and she said it's potato. The last there one. you go. So you knew it. Last question. In what decade was the Chernobyl disaster? In what decade? In was what, what? In what decade was the Chernobyl? Disaster. So the Chernobyl power plant disaster. What decade did that well, happen? A decade is every hundred years, is it, or every twenty years? So years. it can be two thousand tens, two thousands, nineties, eighties, seventies, sixties. Um, I know nineties. So you know nineties. I don't know. The Chernobyl. Mm. What country is that in? Ukraine. Is he? At the time it was Soviet Union, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going. I'm going eighties. So, Marcus, I went eighties as well. Eighties, you both say eighties. Yeah, yeah. you get the point for that one. It was nineteen eighty-six. Yeah. Estonia was part of the Soviet Union then as well. Yeah. And I got six. Yeah, I got six. So six for Marcus and. What do you got? Three, four, five, yeah, six. Six each, not too bad. I reckon that'll be enough to see us into the next round. Yeah. So thanks for playing, lads. No problem. Thanks. Now, don't mind the blade spelling. I don't think I got <laughs> potato even with. <laughs> uh, I'm ashamed to say. I said beef for Boxty. Really? Uh, I, I, I just I kept thinking of the band. It's not a band called Boxty. Is there? I don't know, either way. Are you talking about, you talking about Planksty? Oh, dear, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, well, that's a band. I was like, no, it's not, it's beef. I was like, oh, my God. I'm getting, I'm getting well, you're wrong. getting slaughtered for that I'm one. You're getting slaughtered for that one, yeah? Yeah. Planksty and Boxty. <laughs> Planksty eating Boxty. Yeah, I was... Where? I loved Borky. Borky got that he one got, well. He got man. into it, got into it. Uh, decent scores as well. Um, maybe the football questions we, we've... You could say they've they've been slightly easier the last two weeks, but we want to make we want to be competitive, you know. Yeah. We don't want them getting them all wrong. Well, I got a few wrong now, in fairness. So sometimes it's the balancing act, you know. Sometimes I put out the quiz, and I'm like, maybe they'll only get two this week. But I then, said skyfall, but, but then they get six. I said skyfall as well. I got that one wrong. My I thought that was easy. Double oh seven knowledge isn't great. No, I had a bad one. I had a mare. Did you get the say? ocean at least? No. <laughs> I picked the Pacific. So what score did you get this week? I got three. Wow. The Pacific. The players beat you. I know, yeah. I think I picked I pick Pacific. But I, in fairness... No. No. I'm not going to explain like, myself. I quite like the goalkeeper question. Because I thought... I knew that. Straight away, I thought to myself, was it a header or a big lunging volley? I knew it. I thought to myself, absolutely no way. I think they actually picked Homer by mistake. <laughs> Do you know when Mike Bassett picks Bass or who's it Benson and Hedges <laughs> on the back of the, the cigarettes? In the back of the cigarettes, I think that's how Tom Moore called them. But um, uh, no, I knew I knew Casper scored or much like uh, Peter Schmuggle. That was actually a penalty. A penalty was it that he took for Denmark? And Poom has like you heard the quiz. Poom <coughs> scored for Sunderland against Derby. I'm guessing but, he's been at pretty much every one of these games because he knew straight off the bat. But I was thinking of the, of the psychology. Like imagine you're Burke there and like why is he asking this question? Yeah. Is it is the is it the obvious answer? Poom. Because I'm sitting beside Poom. Burke said something along the lines of that, didn't he? He's like yeah. there's there's a, there's a reason for this. He said there's a I think he I think he said he just you just threw in the Rovers one. Yeah. Did he say that? I think he just threw in Tomer for to throw you off, I think. Well that was a jokey uh option. Um Yeah, so the quiz. But uh prof, we're talking about Derry now. Two 0 Derry Win on Monday, brilliant stuff. The team, Ronan, made his fourth start of the season and the skip and tell came in for Ferrugia and Bork and a very, very shrewd use of the squad. Gaffney and Borky remained unused subs on the night and when you actually put that into perspective and context, no Gaff, no Bork and um, we still came away with a win. So I've come out with a 2-0 win on that pitch and not having needed Burke or Gaffney we could rest them for balls what a luxury I know yeah. um, the buzz prof buzz was we talked about this earlier on um, so the Pride Rings end would make up a lot of our bus um, a lot of other people in general but there was just a couple of people missing on this one but I'd say 
the Ultrads were on it. A few of them um, drinking the girliest drinks ever. <laughs> Little flower bomb drinks. Well, whatever uh, they were drinking, it worked. I think because it did. Everyone around me seemed to be the best contenders for a banjo before morning. Yeah, there was which were the ultras. There was a fair few. I was in the back in the office, but uh, no, there was uh, loads of new faces and all very welcome again. Sophie, new face. Yeah, Ed Saul's creating a monster there, and uh, we had plenty of new ones. We had we had Vinny with a bag of limes. Vinny, <laughs> Vinny had literally a bag of limes and a bag of Corona. Brilliant, and he's cut them up into perfect little slices. What a, just a man of pleasure. Uh, brilliant stuff though so we met early in the provs couple of points and uh, we were on our way big shout out to Robbie our driver as well wearing the retro Woody's t-shirt is that the first bus driver we've had who wore a robber shirt I think so yeah. I he, don't knows, he knows his uh, he knows his crowd anyway so we heard that some robbers fan had snuck into the brand new well and hid there in the jacks till kickoff. they couldn't do that I mean have you, seen, have you been in that jacks there's only so much snake you can play bruv but like for five hours for what reason to get a free ticket is that worth it 17 pounds not that much just, <laughs> do you know what I mean pay the ticket <laughs> <laughs> but we were Ray yeah. wheeling ra- wally, wallying, a wallying cry a rallying cry from Ray pretty much just saying lads get yourselves up to the fucking brandy well I'd say it's about 300 there in the end I wonder did it work Um, I think I think one or two people I think Ray bumped the tread that needed later just out of curiosity it was like did anyone sort of decide to go late I think a few people did yep um, 300 I'm going to say what else yeah no catering which did piss people off but I mean we, we stopped off in uh, in Skarna and there was the chipper there so oh, I, think, yeah. I think most people ate there um, the one time I actually made the effort care with the banjo before I'm on him. I had the clipboard, I had the little... I, I even spent time even drawing that little trophy. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go up the clipboard. There's going to be people actually banjoed. And just people weren't banjoed. I know, yeah. There was um, there was no major contenders. You know, they'd learned mm. their lesson the last time, I think, getting sick of the bag of cans kind of threw people off. I think I gave it to Cahill in the end. Um, Cahill famously, of course, nearly went through the windscreen that time. Fucking hell, when, Finn Harps. When, when Yokes put the brakes down. Yokesy with the brakes. Yeah. Jay Thomas, if they if they had gone any longer, I think Jay Thomas would have won because he became banjoed, but just not before Monaghan. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bit of a technicality, but the technicality is what it's all about, you know. Uh, Maloney kept up updating me on his program article. Oh, he, he said to me, he goes, yeah. "Has been by five in the morning," and I was like, <laughs> "I was like Jay, it's like." I think one, I think he said it to me at one. I was like, "Did you get it done?" He goes, "Go done, yeah, go done." <laughs> he ended up writing half of it before the match and half of it afterwards. So that's an interesting experiment. Yeah. And you can actually read that in the blog. We can see well, the gradual decline. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you can't really tell that he's written it before and after, but he's obviously his mood may be different before and after. Uh, yeah. What else we got? Dan Fulham. We have Dan Fulham flew in. DJ Dan, he was in Glasgow gigging. DJ Dan is flying at the minute on the DJ scene and he uh, flew in on the dirty that day. He found, um, found the place that would take him in at 12. So Dan's on and I guarantee you, he was telling, he was, we were talking and he was saying, oh, should I go in or should I stick around Glasgow? So fly in, you won't regret it. Go in, watch the hoops and then ultimately it worked. So Dan was staying in Air, Scotland, was it? Air, yeah. Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A-Y-R, yeah. Dan randomly put this in the chat. Last week, three things I've seen in air walking to the pub. One, a barber's called Air Cut. <laughs> Two, a music shop called Air Guitar. This is A Y R. Three, 
a fella running down the road in his jocks shouting, I love drugs. <laughs> hey, it's an eventful town, bro. That was in the one day, afternoon yeah. maybe. So also on, the, on the, the bus we had Callum, who has still to this day one of my favourite European stories ever. And that is he accidentally nearly stayed in the brothel in Ghent. He booked a one-star hotel, which red flags immediately. Yeah, straight off One-star yeah. hotel in Ghent. Went to reception, looked outside, saw the women walking around on the streets, given what they were wearing, what they looked like, what they sounded like. <laughs> Went to reception. Now, I use the term reception loosely. This is some bloke sitting on uh, a crate no, outside. It was, it was a woman, and it actually was a hotel. And he's like, should I be staying here? Like, And she's basically saying... No, this is essentially a brothel. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you probably won't be really sleeping in that room. And you only get to stay for half an hour. Wouldn't advise you to stay here, to be honest. So <laughs> he uh, he found himself uh, other accommodations. He didn't actually stay in the brothel. But uh, just I remember him telling me that story. And it was amazing. He got some he got fierce stick from the mates. Oh, yeah. Um, also met Daryl O'Reilly. Leo which O'Reilly, one? Leo O'Reilly's grandson. Is this really, really tall, Daryl O'Reilly? Because I had... And then there's a red-haired, fresh trim Daryl O'Reilly who jumped on. So Ginger are really, really tall. He was tall-ish. That's why. Here's here's where the problem arose, right? So I put in Daryl O'Reilly, Lurch, and then I put in Daryl O'Reilly, Small. When Daryl O'Reilly Small got off the bus, he's not fucking small. He's about 6'2". So I had to... Mix it up there. We so. need different di- differentiations. Maybe a, a middle name. Yeah. Dara C. O'Reilly or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he goes, um, do you remember you had Leo O'Reilly on the podcast? This would have been during COVID. He was a 50s player. Scored a hat-trick against Chelsea or, uh, in, I think it was Paddy Coe's testimonial in 1955. Remember I did it on the house phone. Oh, so I had to record, yeah. record put the microphone to the, to the, to the Jesus, house phone. yeah, remember that? And, so he said, yeah, that was my grand... And I, like, I didn't think he seemed too drunk around the night. It was like, I knew exactly what he was talking about. But mm. his mates were like... It's like, no one knows what you're saying. It was like, prof, you, there's no way you understood what he just said there. I was like, yeah. no, I do, yeah. yeah he cool. said that he's uh, uh, Leo Roydy's grandson. Yeah, and that he was nice on the podcast. <laughs> so it was like, I'm the kids in South Park. And I could just understand his gibberish. And no one else could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, great trip and loads of new hoops. And that's what we were thinking. We were thinking loads of new hoops on the bus, loads of regulars weren't there. Need We need more buses. We need more people to fill the buses, more of them. This is this is great. So loads of people popping mm-hmm. their, their tifties, Jerry. So. We sang What's It Like to Have a King, which is, I believe, the first time ever we've sang that song with those words. Yeah, well, do they still? They Technically, they don't have a king, yeah. Or do they? Incumbent king or... Whatever way it works. But either way, I don't think they, I don't think they care. I don't think they really give a fuck. Like, what's it like to have a king? They're like, don't really know us, man. <laughs> Just some figurehead. I don't think they actually get too frustrated with it. But we're going to the game anyway. And um, to start it off, Prof, very, very... I was very happy with the way we started this game of football. Uh, on the front foot, playing well. Really, really... Like, in, shooting into us as well. We just started well. We were playing with confidence. Yeah. We were playing around. It's one of those games where you could tell early on. I was like, this is a 1 or 2 nil win. Yeah, we're on it. feel it. In saying that, they had a chance at the start of the game. A header. Could have went anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think it was McElhaney. It could have been Duffy. And I was thinking, oh, got away with that one. But then, this magical, 
magical goal started. 30 minutes, Richie Tell. And as this was being played, right, as the ball was kind of floating about, I'm like, okay, go, good lead-up play. When Dan clearly cut it back and gave it to Jack, I was thinking to myself, okay, we're we're in here because this is what I spoke about before. Richie starts this move, by the way. This that big big balloon of a of a pass when he just lumped it into the yeah. air. I was thinking to myself, oh no. But when Jack gets into this position, this is what I spoke about before. This is where we do our best work and we try our best to give Jack the ball in that position and get him free. We've been doing it a lot. This is where Jack hovers. And this is where we try and locate him and get him free in this middle in this you could say last toured just into their half. And Jack pings a ball into Trevor Clark. And the way Trev jumped, I thought he was going to fluff it. But the header was perfectly cushioned, but it was a little bit unorthodox. Mm. He kind of, his legs were flailing and his well, he arms. he knew what he was doing. He were, exactly knew exactly what he was, what he was doing. doing. And then from, because we were behind the goal, I'm looking at it. And just as he headed it, I'm there going, do it, Richie. <laughs> do the touch. Just touch it over his, like, don't try and power it. Just touch it over his head. And he did it. I was like, oh my God. I was like, what a fucking goal. Because when I was thinking to myself, he's going to flick this over his head. And when he did it, I was just like, oh. You're like president of the Richie Tell fan club. So <sighs> it probably meant even more to you. But yeah, it was the same. I think a lot of us in the stand were like, oh my God, just touch it over his head. And he just put the perfect <sighs> weight on the ball. Just enough to, to lob Mar. Magic. It's, an, it's a stunning goal. Like Brazzers already called it a goal of the season. It's a, it was an unbelievable first half performance in general. It, I can't think of a better first half performance all season. It or, was, or any half. It was magic. It, was it really, a, really was. A, just a complete team performance. Gary O'Neill, beautiful football. animal in the middle of the park. Nothing getting by him. Nothing getting by him. He's just mincing everything. Again, another man the match aside from Jack Award there, I think we'll give to Gary O'Neill. Yeah, Gary O'Neill was excellent. We tell with another chance soon after. What one was this, bro? Struggling to remember. I was actually in the jacks, but I'm told he had a great chance. Oh, God. It's a bit blurry here now for myself. <laughs> there was a lot going on in the stand, in fairness. There was all sorts going on, wasn't there? It was, well, it was, uh, that was more a half time. Collective mayhem at times. But, um, but well, I should mention, by the way, we are scoring a lot of great goals lately. <sighs> Some really good looking goals. The two we mentioned earlier against Sligo. Two and Pats are great finishes. Mm. This Richie one is unique. It's a great team goal. Goal of the season so far, but 2 0 on 45 minutes when Mar just decides to shit the bed and do a Talbot. But what in Christ's name is he doing? Kenny, why, why, like, why did he come out? What danger was there? The ball was near, near going out for a throwing. Like, I was, I was, I watched it when I got back home, so half two in the morning, bottle of wine, Kansas Pratsky, just. What, getting in and sat down she's there having, having I think no it wasn't, it wasn't that late but either way she's there having and she goes she goes you were just at the game and I was like I have to watch the highlights <laughs> watch the highlights and she's watching in the corner right she goes she it was nearly the Dublin version of what's a goal doing Tom she's like what the <laughs> fuck's your man doing I was like I don't know I actually don't know not, not only while this goal was going on they were kicking out some elderly members of the row support for no reason so everybody was down the front yeah. giving it the big one and I just I'm looking at the goalie going, what is this madman doing? He has no right to go for this. He has two defenders there. He's way wide and he fluffs it. Jack calm, cute, uh, cool as anything. And if you're gonna do it, put it over a throwing. Put it into the Craigan. Put it back in play. Fucking and take a window. Who does it land to? But Jack Byrne. 
and he just passed it in. He didn't try and bury it. He just let lob in, and then I love how he just didn't hesitate. There was no like, I'll take three touches and then measure it up. It was just like touch. He knows what the goal is. Mm. Buried it. But the funny part was being in the stand. You have to you have to be there to appreciate this. The stand was silent as this ball was bouncing in. Because I think we all, none of us were sure. Is is this going to bounce yeah, wide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the delayed reaction was I brilliant. I thought it was going to bounce wide. And then the, yeah, the delayed reaction was absolutely quality. Yeah. Jack uh, said he feared it might bounce back into Rome now because the the bounce in the Astro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know. Um, Pony McGrath goes, about, this is his nod to uh, Skinner. And uh, Super Nintendo Chalmers in uh, The Simpsons. A bouncing ball on his first touch. On that pitch. <laughs> yeah. That far out. At that time of the game. In the brand new well. Can I see it? <laughs> yeah. uh, so Dirty Fan came at the other end. I said, right, so I'll tell you what was going on. I was up the top running around after we scored. and then not like you. I came back down and I just noticed what was going on on the pitch. Like, so... Uh, there was a bit of needling here and there before that. Couple, couple of fans was, got um, ejected and then got back in. But what? Was it what a, prompted it? Was it a Glacken? Yeah, Glacken but the, Senior was nearly. I don't know why they were throwing him out. Trying to anyway. Yeah, so we kept for no reason whatsoever. Totally innocent. Then there was a bit of needling with the. the but stewards. what happened? Did a dairy fan jump on the pitch or into our end? In the air end, just that bit behind the the wall of the goal. Okay, and then it yeah. kicked off there. And then like one or two of our lads ran to him. I think people have seen the video by now. Right. Okay, yeah. And so, uh, all of much ado about nothing. So, um, pretty much just self-defence from the Rovers. And I was standing beside Dan Cleary, just the PA, Tata, and he kind of summed up my thoughts. And he's just, we're about just standing there looking at this like, he just goes, I just want to come here and watch a game. <laughs> <laughs> and not, I'm like, yeah, it's not for me either, Dan. Yeah, eat a but, burger, uh, but not, that's not going to happen either. Some people have other ideas, but there you go. Yeah. So the second half prof and um, everybody's back. Well, before yeah. we talk about the second half performance, it just just you had this little squirmish, so at half time, squirmish. right? And then the second half, you know the way like in is it in the main stand? Does this like music playing in the dairy fans? That they're trying to get the, it's like a beat. They're trying to get songs going. Yeah, is it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like dun 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 whatever. So as this is gone off, but I'm I found myself just kind of going, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going up and down, and I'm like, oh, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> as this is gone, then a fire alarm is set off, and like there's an announcement, like a robotic announcement, like there's a fire in the building or something like that, and it's just said over and over again, there's a fire in the building over the music. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like a good song. It's like, and we're all laughing, <clears throat> and we're, I'm just thinking like. This is surreal. What is actually going on right now? We're gonna uh, we're about to crumble to a fiery death, and all we can think <laughs> that this sounds like a good tech 80s techno remix. It's like my favorite catchphrase from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They just have a character reacting to their madness, and they just go, "What is happening?" <laughs> yeah, that's what I felt. It was up there with the jet doing the loop de loops in Malta. It's just one of those. <laughs> loop de loops. <laughs> yeah, like I was thinking when that was happening, I was like, "This could go wrong." Like we're just taking like it's like an out of body experience. Yeah. I'm like what? What is this? A lot of people in Malta at that time thought they were seeing things. <laughs> um, yeah. So all uh, all all sorted and into the second half, and 
Um, another assured display again. Um, a professional job. Professional job. Game management, superb. Contain them. Contained and. Having uh, said that, contain them, right? Derry weren't good really at any stage of this match. They were. They weren't impressive. I I was trying to think of when they troubled us, and they didn't really. No. No. Rory Higgins and his, his there was co- one chance in the second half where it was put in and they probably should have scored one on one. Paul smothered it up. That's yeah. It kind of and bounced off. Be- and the footage went back to Higgins and he had that look on his face. I'd say we got lucky with that one when yeah. he was in the fall that time on on BBC <laughs> and he's just thinking back to the mistake he made and where he left some evidence. He seems to have he aged a bit since. Dark secrets. Two months man. ago, that even. man has skeletons in many wardrobes <laughs> and closets. Well, he's put it down to lack of intensity in their part, but but he also said, in fairness, <clears> they didn't <throat> lay a glove on us, and they didn't. We never had to ex- experience any real spell of pressure. Like I never felt like they had any. Like didn't pressure us on goal ever until like we came, came to the end of the match and they get this penalty. Well, we better talk about the Almanis injury first. Just before you go any further, though, if you ever come across Rory Higgins, right, I want you to plant seeds. I want you to ask him, so, uh, Rory, um, I believe you were caught out there. Why were you caught out in the end? And he's going to be like, caught out? Right on, man. I'll never get caught. That's what I want them. I want them to, I need you to lay traps, prof. We need to catch them. You're trying to make, like, a, a West Cork podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... So yeah, might as well talk about the injury to Big Al and dislocated finger and broken a bit. Yes, oh, broken a bit. Which can you break a bit or a lot or I don't know. Yeah, I think you can actually. I think you can clean break, slight break, partial break, stress fracture, mm. green fracture. Obviously, we were all in fine voice leading up to this, and then we became very quiet because we were concerned. You know, it's bad when the dairy physio comes on as well. Yeah, and as, as well as Tony Mac. The screenshots start going around from RTE, which was uh, disgusting. Mm. Yeah, apparently, RTE just kept zooming in, staying in it, and people were like, "Stop doing this!" Yeah, it's like the skin was folded on it as well, man. It was nasty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the word is, yeah, Al would be missing for a few weeks. With this injury, so yeah, Leon starts against Bowes. So when he comes on, at first we're chanting super keeper for virtually ending. He does like a pass back, and we're chanting super keeper. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, is this a little too sarcastic? Yeah, yeah, we're probably taking the piss here. Yeah, uh, is this doing his confidence any any good? But then he says the penalty, and then we we sing it for real. Yeah. So the penalty, right? So Rory Gaffney's on the ball, and he's racing towards goal, and he's about to take a shot, and I was like, no, that's Sean Hoare trying to defend. We were talking off air. I, <laughs> I had the exact like when that when Horace started charging towards goal. It was so offensive. I was like, "Wait, which end are we shooting?" I was like, "Is that? Hang on." Because I was thinking to myself, "Oh, lovely Gafson, he's going, he's about to bury this." I was like, "What? Why is he? What's going on? Why is Horace barreling towards his own net? <laughs> Madness!" And when when the penalty was given away, he he just kind of walked around and say, "What have I just done?" <laughs> what on earth have I just done even then though it's not it's clear isn't it who, who, I, who I don't think it was a penal no it's not it's I don't not think it's a penal I think it was harsh it was a mental decision or the report said yeah but I think that was a dairy fan um, that, that's not a penal yeah not in many years so um, uh, up steps who's it they've missed four penals now in the, in the brain well haven't they 
think Have it's they? four. Yeah, I think it's four now against Rovers. Um, who took it was Duffy. Actually, don't know who took it. This was, don't know uh, either. I was too focused on uh, on Leon. I, um, either way, uh, like I said, I was having a very. I was very happy. Put it that way. This is a this is a thorough match apart. I say people. Are so this. the penalty but and it's a an bit awful, of a poor one. Yeah. It's an awful penalty. But he had to save it. He had to save it, and then um, the the it was like <laughs> he just stayed on it. He stayed down. He's like, I yeah. think he, in his head he was thinking, let, is, is let, this is this real? Let him enjoy the moment. Yeah, is it real? And brilliant stuff. And what then, I love um, is the players' reaction to Pico like, goes, oh yeah, beauty, you fucking beauty, you fucking beauty. <laughs> I, th- I said that to Bigo, he couldn't believe that the cameras picked that up. Oh, man, clear as day. I love Jack as well. Jack just came over and yeah. and uh, was giving him a big hug. And a all. real Ted and Lasso then, moment, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then post-match, course, first person over to him, like a class act, was 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 Big Al, giving him a hug. Uh, so we sang everything, everything at this point. We had Leon, Leon Pauls. We, we sang to him about it being his birthday. Uh, he's the birthday boy. He got married last married week. Married as well, yeah. Quite it's young, qu- is he? Quite a week. Mid twenties, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we kept chanting "Super Keeper." Except this time we we meant it. And just on the aisle, congratulating them after the match. Did you listen to Eloy Essential last week? Uh, Barry Murphy. I did. I thought that was interesting. That I Barry, Barry had some good stories. I thought that Barry found it difficult to be supportive of, of other goalkeepers, teammates, because at the end of the day. They're all competing for one spot. I loved the honesty of that, though. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I love the honesty of that. But it must be difficult for a keeper like Leon Pauls when he came to the club. He knew what the he knew what the crack was. He knew what the gig was. It's like an arrangement between two people who know what they're doing every week. It's one reason they're doing it. But you have to, at the same time. You have to. Leon has to get into a headspace every week that. This could happen. Al could could break a finger and I have to come on. Yeah. Otherwise, he won't be ready for the match and he won't make it in professional football. So he has to. But it must be difficult to actually do that. Because mm. he's been on a bench all season where he's played to... Uh, senior I like the matches. props you're giving here, prop. And as Brazzer says, he's been giving them bits of experience as we go along. He played him in Sweden. Played him in Dalymount a couple of years ago. Now, is he ready to be our number one keeper all season? That's a, that's a totally different story. But if it's, if we're talking about three weeks, well, three. I'm, I'm only throwing that number out there. We don't exactly know how many weeks. We we it have is. no idea. We have UCD following week, then we have Pats and Drogheda in the same week. We don't know what's going to happen, but all we can do is get behind Leon. And we 100 percent will. So we know he's going to be starting against Bowles. So big shout out to Leon and a fantastic performance in Derry. And we have Milner. <laughs> Leon Pauls would have saved the six million Jews. Milner, that, that is a quote. That is not me. Milner had had a few that night. He, did you hear his voice now at the end of the night? M- 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 I was like, who is that? M- I don't M- know. M- is this person in the chat? I'm going to do it well because he, <laughs> he sent me a, vo- sent me a two minute voice now and a video. And it was, the video was of. He's like, yeah. Remember that? Remember that? You're back to play the league game. You're back to play the league game. I'm like, get a strep, son, man. That wasn't even his best message of the night, actually. No. The best one was after the scrap, because obviously the video went in of the Rovers and the Derry fans scrapping. And then that, that goes into the chat, and then Mueller goes, come back with either the six counties or the three points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Either one, please. Nine minutes added on as well, which didn't really... 
I was. I was a bit weary and nervous, but I think we dealt with it well. Well, nine was that excessive. We knew. We knew Al alone would probably be five. Yeah. From that, but imagine like that's how important the penalty save was because we knew the stoppage time was looming. It would have been a different game. Um. By the way, in there nine minutes of stoppage time somewhere, someplace Neil Doyle died of shock. <laughs> He's like, "How can you add nine? Three max, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Three max, three max, yeah. So post match scenes anyway, great one. Uh, some really, really jubilant scenes, fans and players celebrating, and just a nice time in the stands. A nice time in the stands. There. That that one that one's gonna live long in my memory now because I loved it. Well, most of it. When I think back, <clears throat> when I think back to these four seasons, like we can't call it a, a, a four in a row yet. That's a long way to go. Prof. But when I think about these four seasons, whether we succeed or fail, a lot of it is going to be my memories of the away wins and the players coming over to us at the end and Bradzer. It just sticks in my mind, and I think that one there. Is gonna live long it's in the big memory. One, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I love uh, it very much. I absolutely love that. And you can see Brad in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was a it was a magic night. Unbelievable performance. Uh, great trip. Uh, Cork is the next one. End of the month. First time in four years that Robert's fans what can, date we can travel to Turns Cross. So the end of May, last oh, Friday man. in May. Monster. What we're thinking about doing is we're thinking about running a bit of a friendly bus. Because we've been chatting about our kids lately and stuff like that and in WhatsApp groups and mm. who's involved and there's actually a mob of kids involved that go to games. and Didn't the Junior Hoops did this? The Junior Hoops did the Haribo Express but the on our own, in our own one alone between nieces, nephews, we'd fill a bus. So we're looking, possibly Cork could be fairly smoke filled so um, kids don't need to smoke yet. We'll, we'll, we'll possibly look into it maybe in a little bit less of a dangerous environment because there's supposed to be more than down there with shells but we're looking at doing it and I think it'd be great because we'd a couple of uh, like a couple of father-son combos on the bus as well so I think it could be a really really good one but car could be a good one too car uh, here's a phrase here's a phrase we haven't used in a long time some of our new listeners won't even know what we're talking about Cork Dave Barry's sweaty chips oh my god Dave Barry sweaty chips. How long has it been? Oh man. So yeah, we have four straight away wins, clean sheets, and dominant away wins. Dundalk balls past Derry in succession. Oh, it's magic. It's been fucking brilliant, man. It's been brilliant. It's been so enjoyable. Um, TV notes, Prof James McLean. Jonesy put this into the LMS group. James McLean wearing the biggest cap of all time. He put in a picture of Damo and Oliver. How's huge? Between his turkey teeth hanging out of his head and his big stupid cap, his facial features are nearly tipping him over with the weight. Um, and I, I think he stayed coy on his, his, uh, his, his contract's out on June thirtieth or July thirtieth this, this year. So he'll be there. He'll be, he'll be playing with Derry City eventually. Like he's hundred yeah. percent gonna play Fre- for him. Fresh off his relegation, so he had Aussie Nate. He went up in the car with Gar Brennan, uh, looking very jolly on TV. Gifts have already been made. Now, it was a, it was a warm day. I thought. I thought it was I thought it was lovely, a lovely day for the beer garden. Mild, fifteen to mm. twenty overall in and around the ground. Was nice, so, nice day. Well, some people had the jackets on, which I didn't understand. We had the light one on. I had the very light rains type long jacket on. I knew well, I knew Nate, what was coming. Nate had the sunglasses and the big blue jacket, and I'm just like, make a choice, Nate. That's standard. That's Nate. Well, like he's got the big Jeff, 
No, he's got the big Bret Hart glasses on. Yeah. Colour one. I, th- I thought it wasn't remotely cold on the ground now. Uh, remember on the Sunday before the match? Remember like that morning was like really warm and people were out buying sunglasses and putting in voice messages. Any, what we do with the kids, I need to bring them out somewhere. And then it just lashed rain. Yeah, literally big fat rain. Like I'm talking thunder drops. So other TV notes, we had Cleary and Grace. I did, we didn't cop this at all now, but Cleary and Grace listened to the Derry team talk. Eavesdropping. No way. Yeah. And they got, they got caught out a couple of times and then played, <laughs> played dumb. Uh, apparently Rory Patterson was an awful punter. I have to say they're very dour, the dairy, the the dairy pundits. I don't think they get excited about any. <laughs> Maybe when the PS9 turn up and get stoned, but I remember, especially during the Crawley and Fennan era, I went up to Derry a couple of times. But there were other times where I'd be listening on the the radio, and it would always be Liam Coyle, and it'd be exactly that, like the dour sort of voice. Um, so other other notes on TV. Us singing We'll Never Die, apparently that came across very well, very loud. And also just thinking back, remember Conan Byrne? What a big deal he made out with that when they beat us in the President's Cup. And yeah, how like, yeah. they laid a marker and made a statement and all this nonsense. How silly does that look now? <laughs> oh, I actually had an interaction with Dan McDonald. Was he at the game? Yeah, he was at the game and I was walking by and people were giving him and I was like, where's his cans? Where's Sanctuary Hoops cans? <laughs> I don't know what he said. I think he was like, I don't know. I was like, Tell Fink, Charlie Warren, get the finger out. The first thing I thought, I was like, Where's his cans? He probably has his finger under a button ready to call security. Yeah, like, yeah, he just yeah. nodded me. He's like, He yes. took it all very yeah. well. He actually deals with the public very well. So, um, Vindication for Emma Wheatley, uh, president of the Leon fan club. Yeah. And that got, that jersey from the Golden Gold. Can we? It's just worth a fortune now. It's the Leon football fan club. Ooh. Let's edit that one down. Uh, that yeah. golden gold jersey gear. The golden gold jersey from uh, for for Liam Pose is it worth a fortune now. Oh Jesus, yeah, I, I think it is. I think it went up in value. I think by it is now, two hundred percent. Final note on Leon, we should mention brilliant from Pico again because you remember in Oriel Park, that was like Neil Freud's breakthrough performance, I thought. Yeah. And then Pico pushed him forward. So he could get in the limelight. Yeah. And then in Derry, he did the same for Leon. He pushed Leon far. He dragged him up to the top. A it born leader, isn't he, Pico? A great He's moment. just a leader. He just gets it. Yeah. Yeah, but Derry is a mad kid, right? So so just a quick timeline and summary of... The wild, wild west. The Derry people, right? So you get there and, first of all, Derry fans trying to fight Rovers fans, right? Then the Derry fans are fighting Stuarts. Then they're fighting each other outside, and then the PS and I come and they just go nuts. They're throwing rocks, they're giving it the big one. And I'm just like, you have literally fought with everyone in the space of two hours. <laughs> and I was walking by and making sure everybody's okay and on the bus and no one's trapped in toilets or anything like that. I'm walking by and I just look outside and see the PS and I outside the gate to your left, as if you're walking into the Brandywell on your right and walking out on your left. And I see the paddy wagons this kind of square shape and they're just milling them with rocks. And I'm just like, you are mental. Go up to the bus. Robbie, how are we all? Sorry, Robbie, yeah. So some little eight-year-old young ones that are cracking the window with a rock. Little child went up and goes, Hah! Yeah, I saw the crack in the bus, yeah. And they were throwing hard-boiled eggs as well. But just rocks being... <laughs> like, you're in the away end and there's that low wall beside the away end. And then rocks are coming over. And then the stewards are kind of coming over. The, well, he walks to the wall, but he can't actually reach him or do anything. 
And then so I think somebody asked, like, are you going to do anything about these rocks being yeah, thrown at Yeah, that's what the commotion was. Like, yeah. anyone could have got hit with it. Yeah. Really fucking dangerous. So we were Absolutely, down there going, yeah. rah, 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 rah. And like a couple of kids looked uncomfortable as well, and I think they they wanted to kind of leave at least, temp- at least yeah. temporarily. I don't know what's going to come I don't over. blame them. They looked kind of scared about it. And then you're coming out of the ground, and like there's these kids behind the fence that are throwing rocks. Like Stephen Kenny is coming out at the same time as us. He's coming out the gate with us. Apparently, Kenny nearly got hit by a bottle <laughs> at one stage. It's just a mad place. Built up a hard boiled egg for Stephen Kenny. Yeah, yeah it is a mad place. But, love this uh, I do love it. I love. I love it as an away day. Love this call from Jake. Uh, he says, Mitty just turned to him and goes, watch this. I'm going to disagree with everything Parsons says for the rest of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just more went into the Harchester rabbit hole, Monday Bandili, Carl Fletcher, oh, I just Dean love- Hucknell. Everyone's there getting talked about. I just love the things that kiss into his head. And like, oh, he's so mad. Um, Derry at home. One win, two draws, three defeats in March and April. And they've lost three of the last four. Hashtag keep the pitch. That's what I say. And we haven't played Cork yet, so they're not including the stat. But we've actually won in all eight other Premier Division grounds in the last 12 months. Which I think is mad because normally, think about it, during Bradford's reign, we didn't win in Sligo for a long time. Fenlon and Crawley we hadn't won in Dundalk for a long time there's always like one little bogey ground yeah in the last 12 months we have won everywhere every ground in the league the only exception is Drod we haven't won there since 2021 but we won there in the cup yeah so we've won in every ground the last, the last ah, year it's been class man following the, the, the club home and away has been brilliant so uh, overall very good trip Rob. very very happy and um, other results from the Friday Thirty-two Pats nil, which um, that wasn't the result I got. Clancy sacked. It was Dundalk three and dropped a two, which I picked. Prof very shrewd pro- pick for myself from last man standing. Might I say so? That's stupid things to go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you head to the next one though? No, I actually no. Forgot. I forgot. Shellboard two, Cork one, and UCD one. Bowls one. So uh, a couple of lives scalped on the Bills game as well. Saves is right. Monday, Bowes 5, Cork nil. They were down to 10 men earlier on and fans were trying to fight um, Colin Healy. Ali Gilchrist got a red card as well. Drotted a 1, Shells 1, uh, UCD nil. Dundalk 2. Pats down 1-0 at Richmond, which ultimately got Tim Clancy got the sack and he left the job by mutual consent. I had him in the sack race for the Prediction League as well. Mm. Um, big shout out to Joe. 15 points added on to Gar's total, which probably gets me up nowhere at all. I'm struggling. In rounds, halfway point there. I need a good couple of weeks to get me up. Is this the one that Dirty Fingers is winning? Dirty Fingers is winning at the minute. He's been slow, slow rise to the top. He's been scalping a few people. But yeah, I won the sack race. 15 points. But I need I need to get my finger out, Prof. Yeah, yeah so, so him getting the So sim- that past game, yeah, we had Owen Doyle sent off and they were beaten. And then that was the end of I think the has been on the wall for a while. He's been so, so inconsistent. Um, I would say volatile results. Into into our into the lead up to our game, the two wins on the bounce, and then they were he was one goal away from being sacked in Tala, and then they put on this run. They had been second from bottom. Well, actually, we were second from bottom. I think they were third from bottom. Then they put this run together, went up to second ahead of us. Now they come back down to third from bottom. 
Yeah, no, it is. It's it's just it's not. It wasn't healthy at all. So but the fact that he resigned, mm. I, I don't know, is an odd one. Maybe listen, that's just football jargon. But John Daly went in as interim manager. Yeah, uh, poor Keith Long. Maybe if you just wait a bit longer. Yeah, but maybe he's happy uh, with Waterford at the minute because the results have been brilliant. Which is when the fixtures coming up is Galway Waterford. It's going to be an absolute humdinger of a game because they're yeah. both in form. They're both scoring goals. So. Do you think the top five, as we see it now, obviously not in that order, but the top five clubs, I think this will be the top five. Yeah, I think so. I don't think anybody else is going to break in. Um, and then it's going to be a scrap down the bottom. So I think you could be right there, Profit. It's going to no. be a lot of switching and changing within that five. Pats could appoint you a manager and he could do well, and then all of a sudden... I think they, they go outside the league. I don't think they have a choice. Yeah. Maybe like keep John there for the rest of the season, but I don't think they'll... Be hasty with Bucco this. Bucco was mentioned for the third time. Obviously, he's out the running now. Yep. Um, I think it'd be left field, like like a Richard Dunn type. I think they might look at what what Duffer has done at, at Shells. Do you think Duff, Richard Dunn is going to leave Monaco for an inch of car? I don't, but he applied for the ball job. Can you work remotely? <laughs> like I'm on me fucking yacht right now. I don't want to go down the inch car and train. Jake Moraney. Yeah, the fact that he applied for it, he's mm. he is interested, and yeah. he had to start somewhere. So. Yeah, I think this will be left field from, from Pats. It's just a hunch I have. It was, uh, <laughs> Still laughing, Jack. Looks like he's been at the bottom of a swim pool. There was a tweet from UCD. Was um, was this against Bowles or Dundalk? Whichever game it was. Sold over tonight. Hopefully a few away fans also managed to get a ticket. So they're having the bans. Yeah. The UCD social media team. <laughs> the bans. Crazy first division results on the Monday. Galway's first defeat. I couldn't believe that one then, man. I'd say a lot of people lost a few quid and accumulators on that one. Busters. Bet busters. Um, yeah, so Liam Buckley appointed a sport director at Cork and Cullahilly resigned the same day. So I'm guessing he was brought in and nothing was said or maybe he wasn't happy with it and he just said, right, I'm not sticking around with this anymore, which... They're claiming there's no correlation, but is there something to do with the owner? Is that getting messy? Well, I'd imagine that um, as a club, if you can't get your targets in and you're not happy with the players that are coming in and you're not playing well... You need to find a medium or a gap there. And they felt like Buckley was the way man to go to. I mean, Nutsy apparently has a bit of pull and he got some players in for bowls. Maybe they were looking in the same direction as that. But it's it's uh, looks like Cork are going to go hurtling back into the fourth division because I don't fancy them. Uh, you don't fancy them to finish over UCD? No, I don't fancy them to go up against a Waterford or anyone like that in the in the playoff. I don't, I don't yeah. think they've got the gumption to kind of bring them through it. Uh, Brian McKenna Colm meet Liam he's not here to replace you he's our new director of football he's here to lead recruitment and support the football in section Colm Colm come back bye <laughs> so that's a quote from Brian McKenna that pretty much sums it up I think yeah, yeah. I think so uh, rumours of Bowles will rent Morton Stadium while Daily Mount is being uh, redeveloped <laughs> how the tables have turned <laughs> concrete soulless stadium eh uh, 2041 is a long time to be in uh, Morton Stadium prof it's a long time. Uh, on that note, Dan McDonald revealed a sport. I love his approach on this. He revealed a report submitted by the FEI to the government querying the logic of the fund that has injected 1.5 billion of public money into horse greyhound racing. Economic consultants at KHSK have analysed rationale for betting tax on all sports benefiting and chosen too. This was a big story, but he ended up from Dan. So <clears throat> fair play to him for being a leading light and trying to expose this and pretty much get more. Uh, exposure on the on the League of Ireland so it's nuts what's going on there that was a fascinating article I think that was one of the most fascinating pieces I've read from Dan or any journal in quite a while 
wasn't wasn't something I was I think I'd I think I was aware of that alright. I wasn't aware of the details in that, that eighty twenty split between uh horse racing and greyhound racing. It's staggering really. Like when they brought the law in at or when they made the, the fund at the time, it made sense at that moment in time. I sound like Kenny Cunningham here. The particular <laughs> moment in time. Uh, <laughs> pocket of space. But uh, maybe it made sense at the time, but uh given how the increase in gambling over the years and especially the increase in gambling on football the fact that all of that is going into greyhound racing and it's horse racing 1.5 billion and timing is everything like Brazzer obviously a lot of people reacted to this Radker even reacted and he just he just told the party line saying uh, the equestrian industry Horse, horse sports Ireland stud farms they employ tens of thousands of people blah, blah, bullshit, it's yeah. worth around a billion euros per year but they're actually and the FEI have actually analysed where these jobs are like a lot of them are outsourced or like they're not it's not as straightforward as they had. They were ready thousands of people are being employed as a result of this uh, funding not the case when you break down the numbers but you know what made who made a good point Johnny Ward actually made a good point for all, all of you gambling enthusiasts out there who goes in and bets on dogs I'd go in and have a look at the horses and I'd be like hmm there's a name I like I'll probably bet on that other than that I get, get the whole horse thing people are into it who the fuck bets on dogs I think I've done it once or twice as a joke with people seriously you like the name of a dog yeah. or something but not with any it's seriousness there's something going astray there bro um, um, yeah no big shout like, out to Dan fair play to him like I say timing is everything Brad Brazzer has reacted to this saying he's he's put he's urged fans to put pressure on politicians to make this an election issue absolutely man but I'm just thinking we could not have done this even four years ago yeah we would have been laughed out of the place now we have to be taken seriously look at the attendances yes the attendances are rising everything is getting better we need a different option and it needs to be done it needs to be approached well so Prof me and you are going to run for local election vote for Tifties double act imagine us in the doll <laughs> Tifties in the doll Tifties in the doll uh, former Limerick and uh, League of Oil first division winner Big Sam is back with Leeds and Robbie Keane is set to join his coaching staff is this still while Robbie Keane takes a pay takes a, a wage off the FAI as well is that still going is that, it was like a four year thing wasn't it <laughs> madness man but uh, in fairness he bided his time I think oh Sam, God. Big Sam, I think he purposely came out with that mental quote. Came out with a quote saying something along the lines of having the same knowledge as Pep and, and stuff like that. I think he did that on purpose. But he says stuff like that before. Didn't he once say if his surname was Adardici, he'd be managing Real Madrid? Yeah, I th- I think he, he did that purposely because he knows there's pressure on the players maybe. And people are talking about that now. It's deflection, isn't it? Yeah. Now they can kind of focus on that and... He'll he'll be the one. Either way, he he probably went in there going, okay, it's not looking good here. Might get relegated. So the the, the best thing he can do is just kind of say, okay, let's take the pressure off the players, let them play in peace, and let them let them all look at me. I'm only here for a, a short while. He's basically turned a meme into reality, and you know? that's just give it Sam for, for a season. Give it give it Sam for five games. Mm-hmm. Literally, that was, that's what we're doing. I think did you see the games they have? Tough. No, it's going to be a big escape. Um, Jack Bourne Prof Player of the Month for April and Trev's Belter in Richmond won Gold of the Month as well so we are racking up 
the uh, that was a landslide for Trev in the voting yeah big time yeah and some ex-hoops news with Gavin Bazunu dropped by Southampton and Andy Lyons Blackpool relegated from the championship so not good news dropping down the leagues Southampton potentially dropping down the leagues and I think it says a lot about what the new gaffer possibly thinks about Gavin Bazunu if he's going to drop him for such important games in the lead up to a relegation playoff so I can't see him playing championship well that defence in front of him though I don't really it's a shock man you ever watch them they're so poor they're so poor but uh, Andy Lyons won't be a League One player he will be a championship player no doubt he's top six championship for me anyway um, Napoli's first Serie A title since 1990 with Diego Maradona was put on ice on Sunday 1-1 draw with uh, Salernitana and we're looking into our away days at the minute Prof and Jonesy good friend of the pod he just back from Argentina and I think he went to like fucking seven games in seven days in the Bombonera, he was at River. Oh, those videos, he was yeah. all over that, the place. We had a great chat with Scarn about it, and I was so jealous. That atmosphere looked epic. One of my big bucket lists is the Casablanca Derby with Raja, and you can do it. All you got to do is book your flights, and then Home Fans is the name of the company that does it, and they'll sort out your tickets and stuff like that. So that's what we're possibly going to look at. Tifties in Casablanca. Um, yeah, so uh, totten up and other leagues as well. But the women, prof. But just as we record here, actually, Napoli have sealed their first title in they sealed it? years. Yeah, it's done. One all draw with Udinese, so their one first scudetto since nineteen ninety. Victor Osimhen uh, pushing them to the league title. So congrats to the Nap- benefits Napoli. of late recording here. And we- Pepe, our Rovers fan, our, our uh, resident uh, Naples. Um, what do you call it? He's not a resident, but he's from Naples. And he goes for the South Stand as well. So Rob Lavelle's mate, Pepe, con- um, congratulations. So the Rovers women, they drew nil all profit away to league leaders at P-Mount and Amanda Budden made a few fine saves, including a brilliant penalty save just minutes later, followed by another superb save minutes later as well. So uh, looking good again, Prof. Ladies are looking good. Yeah, 89th minute penalty saves. That was the team of the week, wasn't it? About the men's and the women's teams. The late penalty saves mm-hmm. and looking the clean good. sheets. Looking good, Prof. So down to a right... Uh, much harder penalty save I would say than Leon's it was kind of a weak effort for from the Derry player but uh, great save by Budden that put her in the team of the week oh lovely stuff For uh, it was a bit weird I didn't see the game now I was watching the the clips uh, I think they were using those dodgy pics of the cameras um, because I don't know what was going on just the way the, the way the camera just came into the box for the penalty I was like what uh, yeah, another another record. I think I think it's the record for PRL Park in Green Oak, six hundred and fifty. The word Green prop. Oh, I think not. The word Green Oak, by the way, Gar. Negative connotations for me in work. <laughs> I just don't like this. I don't like what it means. I don't like what it involves in work. <laughs> just all negative. Yeah. But in this case, the home of P Man United, aka the P's, apparently. The P's. Uh, Jess Hensley won player of the year for April. And Abby Larkin versus Bowles won goal of the month. So congrats to the ladies and the men's 19s. Well, we should also mention, Gar, a baby invaded the pitch and that women's game. Yeah, and the dad yeah, had yeah. to run on and grab him and take Apparently, him off. Apparently there was the husband of the Pats rapper, woman. Not a Pats rapper. Oh, yeah, yeah that we, we put in the show last week. shy. <laughs> <laughs> Send you back to day 24. <laughs> Apparently that was, I don't know how true. Um, the men's 19s beat Treaty 
3-2 at the Roadstone. The 17s were in action twice. Win a 3-1 at UCD and then 3-2 over Sligo. Roadstone on Monday afternoon and the 14s beat Kerry. 14-0 at the Roadstone. Learning curve Ooh. for these young guys. Um, Was this match stopped early, I'm told? Possibly should About have. 20 minutes, Poss- possibly should have been. 20 a minutes earlier. Probably before that. I'm hearing. But I um, probably shouldn't have got to 14, to be honest. That is... That is a heavy score. It's disheartening. Um, the women's teams recorded two good away wins as well. 19s 4-1 against Athlone and the 17s 5-1 a draw. This, so we're flying, prof. And Ireland's men's under-15s won the final of the Torneo della Nazione in the 2-1 win against Italy to bring home the trophy. Seven SRFC players involved, club and country, prof. So uh, a historic moment for Young Hoops. And... Um, the Ireland women under 16s won a UEFA development tournament following a 4 2 penalty shootout win after the game ended 2 2 in Belgrade. Represented by five Rovers players, include Laura McCabe, and she's sister of Katie. So, um, yeah, more, more Rovers joining Belgrade. Yeah. Great history there. We also have our under 12s finished in third place at the Robbie Keane Cup uh, at Crumlin United at the weekend. 3 1 win against Everton. That made it three wins and one defeat for them in the tournament. So uh, our under 12 did brilliantly. And uh, the Robbie Keane Academy Cup uh, was an Aston Villa Wolves final in the end. We also have AZ Alkmaar. They were eventual winners of the UEFA Youth League. And if you recall, Rovers had held them to one all draw back in the first round. They were tonking teams left, right and centre. I think we're going to look back on this team in the same vein as maybe Ajax with... I think the 99 team that won the Champions League with Davids and Clybeard. That was 95. It's 95 with yeah. Schneider. I think the Schneiders, the Van der Maiders, all these. Uh, yeah, so Prof hit us with the stats. There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats <laughs> So the stats. Uh, this is the 404th meeting. Of Rovers and Bows in all competitions since the formation of the league in 1921. Uh, 245th league meeting. Uh, this will only be the second game Alan Manis has ever missed. Only second derby. The other was that game I mentioned earlier where Bowes came in. It was a dead rubber at the end of 2021. And also Finner stats actually in the derby because Finner stats. Finner made his first start of the season in Derry and did quite well Finner has five goals in derbies that puts him level with uh, Gary Twig and Tony Grant and he's still behind Brando and Trevor Malloy on six Gaffney's on three now Gaffney scored a few derby goals recently and Finner has been on the winning side 15 times on the losing side 12 times when he's played in the derby mm-hmm uh, by the way, those top goal scorers, that's since the 1990s. Or since uh, leaving Milldown, basically. And remember this, I've I've kept track of this over the years. Since the 1990s, players have scored for and against Rovers in these derbies. And we have a new addition to the list as of last season. So that was Trevor Malloy, Tony Grant, Pico Lopez, Danny Mandroyo, Dean Kelly, Derek McGrath, Tony Cousins, Jason McGuinness and Andy Lyons. Added himself to the list last year because he scored both for and against us. Ah, uh, with this, that Liam Burt could join that list because he scored twice against us. I think at least twice. Sent Jack for the shops, remember? Yeah, bottle of cocoa pops. So if he was fit enough to play and also score, 
he could join that list. Oh. Whereas Dylan Watts cannot join that list because he never scored against us. So Watts mm. won't be on the list. But he has scored in a derby before for us. Uh, we also have Brazzer against Bowes. Since Brazzer's taken over, his record is 13 wins and 12 losses. Actually took him a long time. Jesus, remember that streak? It actually took him a long time to even overtake Keith Long. 12 to 11. I remember that as well. So now it's 13 to 12 total. And very few draws in derbies under Brazzer. Only two. Two. So 13 wins, 12 losses, two draws. <sighs> so, yeah. The nerves, prof. Okay. So like I said, yeah, Manus only missed one out of a possible 25 derbies. Uh, a record in Tala against Bowes, 15 wins, 6 draws, 5 defeats. We won't talk about those dark days where Bowes kept winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually won our first 5 in Tala against Bowes, starting with the Twiggy, late goals. We, won our first we five. had a run, I remember it, and I remember thinking, this is great, and you knew it was going to come to an end. Mm-hmm. When did it come to an end? Well, it came to an end in 2019, the summer, with the Berkey winner, 1-0. And then the one after that was the cup semi-final. Ah, cup semi-final still. Well I think people talked about their favourite derby performances. If you count the cup, it's still up there with my favourite performance against Bowes in a long, long time. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and just on, like I said, very few draws under Brazzer in the derbies. And in general, there hasn't been a scoreless draw in the derby. I've used the stat before. And I nearly jinxed myself, but we thankfully Gaffney bailed me out and got a winner last time. 28 games since the last scorer's draw against Bowes. That was the 2015 Leinster Senior Cup semi-final in which one Trevor Clark made his senior debut in football. Mm, I haven't bet myself to eat me on Mickey in a while. It's never good to say that. I'm not going to know. And tie yourself down to that. No, I won't go down that road yet. Uh, I was going to mention something about a scoreless draw, but I won't. That is the longest run without a scoreless derby since a run of 32 games between Rovers and Bowes between 1992 and 1999. So a long run. Prof. Um, Yeah, so that's it for the stats of Prof. Start 11th predictions. Okay, you know where I'm struggling here. You know where I'm struggling. It's got to be Grace and Pico. My dogs. Um, <laughs> it's uh, clearly a horror. I think horror because horror morphed into Gaffney momentarily in Derry and felt like he was going towards goal. I, I need a reason to start someone and, or drop someone. And horror is he fit? I'm not sure. Well, Grace is undroppable. Gra- yeah, Grace is the Rolls Royce again now. Grace, it's gonna be Grace Pico Cleary for me at the minute. <clears throat> I don't know if Horace fit or not. If Horace fit, I'd probably start him. But it's 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 genuinely the toughest selection ever in the history of following Rovers for me. Is who do you play in the back three? All fit. I don't know. So I'm just gonna make up a a total mystery the injury and say Horace has been struggling. That's why he had to start. So I'm gonna go Cleary because I feel Cleary, Cleary. Horror's a better defender. Cleary's a better passer. And I feel we could have that little bit of creativity because Cleary has a pass in him and an assist. Like, he's superb. So I'd like to have that there. 
I'm going to go Clark and Ferrugia on the wings. Uh, it has to be Gary O'Neill and Tell after their performances. They've been absolutely unbelievable. Kenny starts because he's in form. And Gaff, I don't know what it is, but... To me, the I'm, tough one is Ferrugia or Finn. Ah, it's Ferrugia. Ferrugia to absolutely terrorise I mean, yeah, I want Ferrugia because he plays the way on Daily Mount. But... I also feel harsh dropping Finner. No, think about it, man. Don't you can't drop Ferrugia for this game. Right, fair enough, he got dropped, but obviously eyes are on the derby. Hmm. I'm going Ferrugia. I oh, know um, absolutely. I want. I want. I want Ferrugia. I wonder will Bradzer be thinking that like he hasn't moved Finner into midfield in a long time, has he? No, he's not going to do that. I think I've called that. I've called yeah. that loads of times, and he never does it. He's yeah. not going to do it. Gary Gary O'Neill and Tell. Yeah. yeah. Born Kenny Burke. Born Kenny Bork, yeah. So that's if that's that's what I'm going for. And prediction, I'm confident because of the derby and the clientele <laughs> involved. Did I say Manus by the way? Um, you did. I'm going to say Manus right here, I'm, even though he has no fingers. <laughs> he's you've, he's you've, got you've one, a one-armed Manus. Um, I did make the suggestion that we get a flag made and just hang that in the goal with Alan Manus on it. That might work. <laughs> From Flagman. But now I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to go 3-1 and a humdinger of a game and loads of yellows and just an enjoyable night um, in the stadium. Yeah, I see what you mean about Ferrugia. I don't know what I was thinking. Ferrugia has to start. Um, only change I'd make here was I would I would play Hor uh, <sighs> over Cleary. I don't I don't know if he's fair enough. <coughs> I just I think Cleary's a very very good player possibly Will, has a bit of a gaff in him at times less so than Hawk could Gaffney come back in oh, no, if he's ready but can you drop Kenny as people are listening to this they'll probably be like oh team news out Gar has a clue as usual probably yeah <laughs> um, I'm going to tip Richie Tell for another goal here. Oh. I'm going to say a 1-0 win Richie Tell one other win, Richie Tell. So oh no, head- I just pricked to the derby. What am I doing? Oh, no, bro. Can't eat, can't, no, no, can't leave. Edda. Hennessy's the ref. Absolute clown. I thought it was McLaughlin. But listen, there's a lot of them that are clowns. I did like Harvey and the derby out there. He let it run, but we have a full house anyway. Ref's going to be a sap. We know that either way. Well, the Sligo past game had nine yellows and a red card, which is ridiculous. <laughs> the notorious yeah. boo boy, George Quare. <laughs> are coming with our best voices in Inspection L <laughs> we had robots <laughs> you can imagine them singing in their robes they actually put out a broadcast or whatever some post on Instagram they're like let's cause a racket in Tala it's like it's a derby mate a racket you're actually a call to arms for a derby to make noise apparently Daily Mount's been stinking Daily Mount was stinking when we were there anyway and they they split their singing sections, but if the fact use, that they had to call on their team if you and their use fans, the word racket, scale the club. If you use the word get racket, get out of your own club. And you don't live in Malahide and play tennis <laughs> on a Saturday, get out of the club. So embarrassing. Yeah, obviously, Paul's, like you were saying, get behind them. Um, I think at the time, a lot of people were coming up with all sorts of ideas. Get Big Gavin in an emergency lawn, Dush Jerry, Baz. <laughs> Baz Murphy's only 37. God is only 38. Marcus Poom is out for it. Get him out of retirement. Uh, I, I reckon, I think Leon is going to be buoyed by that. His confidence is going to be sky high. He's going to have all good vibes and training all week. Yeah. you got to give it to the kid. He's 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 earned his chance now. 
albeit by a bit of a disaster, and he, but he saved the penalty and an assured performance in Derry. Let's all get behind him and give the kid a bit of fucking, give him a bit of encouragement. So we had the notorious bull boy uh, church choir. We also <laughs> had a combined rowers bows eleven, which is one of the funniest things I've seen. Paddy Kirk, in a long time. Paddy Kirk or Kirk, whatever way I get. Paddy Flores. Paddy Kirk and a centre half who I've never heard of. No, Gary O'Neill. See, see when that happened, right? Picked up my phone, launched it, and I realised. <laughs> Why did you do that? You didn't need that. You're gonna need your phone. Buried it off the first person. So I was like, have this those, is have those Polish centre backs been in any team of the week? Has anybody said, you know who's great? The Polish centre backs. So did Stewie Bourne look at that and go, that makes sense? Fucking head case. Head case. What a bizarre thing. Just, just they're being strange in general as well over in the Fisber. They're, they're having a go at Rovers. For cancelling Bowes tickets that they're buying in the Rovers' home end. It's not petty. The game is going to sell out. So we don't want opposition fans taking the tickets off of home fans. It's simple. It's nothing petty about it. It's how business is done. It's how football clubs are operated. Bowes would do the exact same thing if it was us. Don't be so fucking naive and stupid. You telling me that if we find out... That a Bowls fan is in the East End, you know his name, you're not going to cancel his ticket, put it back up for re- resale so a fuck Rovers can fan can buy it. Get a fucking grip, man. But just the idea. Take the glasses off, <laughs> take the derby glasses off. Just the idea of going on social media and actually complaining about this. Yeah. I can't even fathom it. Like your name is there, mate. Just going to check the database. <laughs> cancel your ticket. Yeah. Uh, Someone made a great point. Uh, the At least we're still top posts. Already being saved in the drafts. Ready to go at 10pm. The egg timer is just ticking away and <laughs> the sand is drawn clear, close to a, an end on that fucking one. So, What do you think about the pressure coming to this game? It's nowhere near that one in Denny No, Reynolds. I'm not as ne- nervous as I was, but I don't want to... That was the biggest derby since the Cup semi-final. Yeah. That was nuts. Huge. I don't want to lull myself into a false sense of security as regards to thinking that we're going to walk alone because it's not. It's a derby. Doesn't happen like that, but I'm very, very confident of how we can perform in Tala on the day with the current squad in the current form that they're in. I'm really, really confident. I think Bradza has it nailed at the minute. We're out of the slump that we are at the start of the season. I'm very confident that we can go out and we can beat this team that is overachieving and they're doing very well at the minute. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what's happening. I have my usual derby nerves, but nowhere near what it has been in the past. Yeah, I haven't. I've been nervy most days, but I haven't been, you know, waking up and going, oh, Derby on Friday. I'm confident. I'm very confident. We can go within one point of them if we were to win. Um, So we can't go top, uh, like we say. But, yeah, it's another big one. Yeah, another another, uh, another step towards towards uh, cutting down the gap. But, um, yeah, move on to the women, Prof. Cork on Saturday and make me debut. I'll be there. I'll believe when I see it. I'll be there. And um, it's the first time the men and the women are playing in Talat on the same weekend. So, And Prof, um, pigs have flown. <laughs> Hell has frozen over. And we have gotten a new member scarf. What? Available. Available for collection. So in the suite, the Shannon suite on Friday. So as you hear, listen to this. Get in there and get your, car, and your scarf. It's a cracker. It's an old school bar one. So um, yeah, definitely check it out. And um, Prof, hoop scene hit me. What have we got? 
Well, we have your pal, Richie. Talk to me. Richie's on the cover, and Richie's been interviewed by McDara Ferris. I think this is, is McDara's first interview with Richie. Now, he's been at the club since 2021, the summer. Correct me if I'm wrong, McDara. But last year, it was actually Harry Moore who did the interview with Richie Tell. So, you can look forward to that. Um, my article, and also this week, Garrett, I have <coughs> penned a love letter of sorts to one Aaron Green. It is a love letter. I have written an article where I've basically summed up the memories he's given us and I'm kind of responding to the flack he's gotten while also acknowledging that he has frustrated us over the years with a number of missed chances. But I, I strongly feel it's been heavily outweighed by the memories he's given us. He's caused some big goals, some cracking goals some eccentric celebrations as well which I kind of honed in on I think some great ones like stealing the fans hat in Talca Park <laughs> taunting Talbot with his butter hands I I really enjoyed writing this and I, I'm I've been I was two pages last year in the programme now I'm back to one which I thought would make it easier for me but actually no because when I have one page I spend more time on making every word count. Ah, so your playing time has been reduced, but you're making it count. <laughs> and this actually got to be a personal greener because it was like, I want to, I want to write something meaningful here. If yeah, he has to read this, bro. He has to read this. So what was your? He already loves it. I just showed you, Gary. What was your thoughts? Honestly, it's it. I put this into our group not too long ago about his highlights as a player, and you could look at his lowlights as well. You could the highlight the misses, but I always want to go for the positives, and he's have given us so many good moments this is a must read get yourself just get hoops in it's fucking brilliant it really is it just highlights how good Greener has been for this team attitude boys moments everything mind the fucking bad the bad ones which are on the pitch realistically couple of misses but listen brilliant and he's been such a good player for us and he has been missed at times this season so um, you think back to the start of the season the the (coughs) rear mill had him going to Pats didn't it oh man Done and dusted and all. I think I think at one stage I think I saw him leaving the ground and he was like I was like, Oh yeah, listen, touch it. He goes, No, you want going pats <laughs> <laughs> No, just taking the piss. I remember the points I asked him. We we shook hands. I was like This is, this isn't a goodbye, is it? I was like, Don't ask stupid questions. Everybody was going around thanking him on this and thanks for everything green and he's like, I'm fucking not going anywhere, man. But that's it yeah, for this week, prof. There was loads a, I actually didn't even get to say. Oh, just class. that like the He's my favourite person to interview, and that even includes Joey O'Brien, who I absolutely loved interviewing. But Greener, every time I talked to him before or after a match, he just gave me some sort of insight that I didn't get off with our players. And he was funny as well. He just gets it, doesn't just he? Just a great person to interview. He just gets it. Or as Ozzy Nace said on the way home from Bergen in Norway. Fuck him out! Need to get rid of Green, man. Need to get rid of him. Fuck him out. <laughs> Fuck him out. Tramping through the Norwegian mountains. Uh, so that is it for this week Prof we are buzzing it is a big derby day getting nervous I think we'll do it Prof see you in block X it is time to beat the balls keep on hooping see you